0: Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello, and welcome
2: to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios, and it's a lovely day in eastern North Carolina. You can hear us throughout eastern North Carolina on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville 104.1 in Washington. Also on 1250, 930, and online at pr927fm.com. Also, you can watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. As uh, you can chime in on Facebook Live and be a part of today's program with your questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, birthdays, anniversaries, and otherwise. Also, uh, check out YouTube, Pirate Radio uh, TV on YouTube. We've got the entire Mike Houston press conference from Tuesday. Also, uh, coming up later on today, we'll have the press conferences with the coordinators, Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Harrell, plus more from Mike Houston uh, right there at Pirate Radio TV on YouTube. Also, Miles Berry and Tyler Sneed met with the media on tuesday we uh, might have time to run that today the audio version right here on this program but if we don't you can check out what we have visually for you over at youtube all right uh thanks for tuning in we have a fun show for you today um i haven't talked about it yet but we are shortly a rough night last night We'll, we'll get to that in a moment uh for myself and shirley rhodes Uh, But coming up at about 3.20, we'll visit with the voice Jeff Charles. He is on the way to Houston with Mike Houston's ECU Pirates to TD ECU Stadium there in Houston. Uh, Pirates and Cougars this weekend. We'll update you on the line of that game. There has been a slight movement uh, on the line between East Carolina and Houston. We got that coming up momentarily. Mike Mullis joins us at 4 o'clock. We'll talk football. We'll talk postseason baseball we'll talk some golf a little bit of everything with mully in hour two the hornets open up their 2021 22 season tonight against the indiana pacers this will be in the hive at the spectrum center and we will uh get you ready for hornets hoops with spencer percy from the buzz podcast a little mellow ball year two you've got some newcomers you've got Uh, some holdovers that need to step up for Charlotte. Uh, We'll talk about that with Spencer Percy and where did they fit in the Eastern Conference. All that coming up in hour number two. Hour three, Troy D is back, had a doubleheader of football action in Illinois over the weekend as he saw Rutgers Northwestern. And then Aaron Rodgers told Troy D and all the fans at Soldier Field that he owned them on Sunday. So we'll get a recap of Troy's uh, Illinois venture. And we'll see if he is still thinking about getting Shirley a birthday present a week later. That coming up in hour three of today's program, plus a giveaway and uh, whatever you want to talk about on today's show. You can give us a call three one seven twelve fifty 317-1250 or chime in on Facebook Live or YouTube. All right, uh, Shirley, Chandler. Hello. 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 Nice shirt. We'll talk more about that in hour three, Shirley, when yeah. Troy's here. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: well technically i won't be here
2: this is this is
3: today is the day i have to leave early this you know sucks
2: that. I, know. I just thought about that everything sucks
3: <laughs> i know
2: all right well we'll talk about your shirt now you got a cool birthday gift from a yes friend.
3: thank you to chris floyd and uh johnny moore uh who got me this nice little t-shirt it says you're killing me smalls
2: a classic line from the film sandlot
3: what is with this microphone today i told you
2: everything sucks
3: okay i got it
2: yeah nice shirt thank you chandler you're going with the you need to update your apparel <laughs> yeah uh nice Hornets jersey but it is kimba walker who by the way will be at msg tonight
4: debut uh, in his uh his neck of the woods he'll be from.
2: playing for the new york knicks uh coming up later on and the hornets hat so you are ready to go for i'm hornets ready baby tonight let's go eric collins del curry chandler Honeycutt. Oh, yeah <laughs> terry oh terry <laughs> you're kidding me <laughs> um the, 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 we'll talk more about that game later uh i don't like where that line is headed yeah, yeah terrible feeling about tonight um let's talk uh, let's start with ecu football pirates are 13 and a half point underdogs that's right started at 14 went to 13 somebody took a look at it and liked the houston cougars and now it is 13 and a half i and i made our picks yesterday at least against the spread i uh, as i sit here on a wednesday i like the pirates to play a good game and to cover uh this game at houston uh, coming off a of bye week Houston's defenses look really good. Their opponent's schedule, their, you know, strength of schedule has not looked really good since their season opening loss to Texas Tech. They've been able to beat up on some teams that were inferior. Uh, Pirates will be a challenge. And again, I'm going to keep bringing this up. Houston's biggest challenge of the season and coming up left on their schedule is SMU. They got that game circled because they don't have Cincinnati in the regular season, so they're thinking let's beat smu let's cruise on into the aac championship and let's knock off cincinnati and and do something with our 2021 hopefully they are looking ahead to the mustangs and overlooking the pirates there's always that factor in uh, sports
4: a wager mcgee look ahead
2: that's right a classic look ahead opportunity this week and uh, maybe ecu can be the beneficiary of that all right so uh there is a look at your line Let's get to last night. Ew. I always, uh, I always curious as to why in championship games or series ending games or even on like shocking things that happen, the opposing team will sit there, especially in baseball, and like lean on the dugout and watch the other team celebrate. And I always am curious as to why are they doing that. Like, the last thing I would want to do is see the opposing team celebrate. I would go back to the clubhouse and take a shower, go home, go do something else. Uh, But last night, watching the Dodgers trailing, they are lifeless. Their fans not really into it. They had a camera showing the fans leaving the game early in the top of the eighth inning and just about all this loss they're about to go down three nothing in the series to the braves and then the rally happens and then cody bellinger hits an absolute bomb mm. on a ball that is way out of the strike zone high and he saw it he popped it tied the game eventually the Dodgers go going to take the lead and close it out in the ninth and i'm sitting there watching my television flabbergasted like mouth the gape eyes glazed over, like I was almost paralyzed, like I couldn't move. <laughs> and I was watching it all happen and I felt like I was one of those players. Maybe they're just in shock, yeah, or something and they they can't move because I just sat there and looked at my TV and watched it all unfold. and there was nothing I could say, nothing I could do. It was a it was a shocking moment. And again, it feels like the Dodgers maybe were fat and happy off the World Series last year. Braves wanted it more, all that stuff. And now they have awoken from the mat, Undertaker GIF, he's out of the coffin, and now I'm terrified scary. at what's about to happen the rest of the series. That is that. Now, Braves are up 2-1 in the series. Braves, you know, will go back to Atlanta. Or maybe not. They could close it out tomorrow night if they win tonight and tomorrow night. So they're still in control of the series. But bullpen game today, whatever they're going to do, I still don't see a line on this game because I don't know if the Braves have even announced their starter yet. So the Dodgers clearly, uh, you know, have the momentum, if that's such a thing in a series, going into game four tonight. This will be the 805-ish, 808-whatever-it-is game. Coming up at 508, a quick turnaround for Boston, who, again, were in control, cruising along, had a late lead, about to take a commanding three games to one series lead. And something similar happened in those two games, but with different outcomes. Um there was a pitch in the Dodgers game that could have been called strike three wasn't called and then the Braves had a rally last night in Boston a pitch to Jason Castro yep could have been called strike three got him out of the inning and instead a run scores and then another run scores and then surely more and more runs score and if you didn't watch the game and you see nine to two you think wow okay Astros just beat up on the Red Sox not the case at all
3: no because like you said the red sox had that game in control and i mean they uh they hit uh who was it was it bregman that hit the first home run and then xander bogarts hit a monster shot and when i say monster it cleared the monster cleared fenway altogether and left the park
2: when you give up a run in the top of the first and you come back with with a a monster two-run bomb with at home with your fans coming off uh, a win the night before like yeah you feel like oh we got this yeah and i mean a a lot of game left at that point obviously but that right there said no no we're in control
3: yeah and um hernandez was pitching uh, was it hernandez that pitched last night no it was a different guy. Hernandez was the game before, um, but the pitching, you know, wasn't that bad. You know, I, it was it was. Um, Nick
2: Pavetta started. Yeah, for the Pavetta Red Sox was last
3: night. was not as in control as I'd like to see him, but he did just enough to do what he needed to do, and I, I thought we were cruising right along. And as and you you were talking about the Dodgers game, I was watching that until the the. Um, until the red sox game started and the braves looked like they were firmly in control so i switched over and was watching the red sox game and um then when i switched back over the game had gone off at that point by the time i realized oh shoot i need to check the score and i caught the post game highlights and i went wait a second they won so and it was the same way with the red sox i went to bed uh the red sox were in the lead I went to bed, woke up at some point in the middle of the night, checked my phone, Red Sox had lost. And I'm like, you got to be frigging kidding me.
2: Altuve tied it up with a homer in the eighth. But then the ninth inning is where it all unraveled. Jason Castro, after maybe striking out, taking a pitch, singled, and a run scored. And then it went Brantley double, Alvarez single, uh, infield single for Correa, Tucker single, and it was just a merry-go-round. Yeah. For the uh, the Astros,
3: and the pr- the problem is too is as I knew that this was going to happen. I w- you know I was really hoping that it wouldn't, um, just so we would have a three one lead and really put the pressure on the Astros. <clears throat> um, but they better come out firing tonight, uh, or I say tonight, but this afternoon. Because, uh, you know, you, the last thing you want to do is let the Astros get some momentum and, you know, get on a roll. Same with the Dodgers. I mean, as well as uh, or as highly touted as their pitching staff has been, the Braves have been demolishing their pitching staff. Um, but you don't want them to get momentum either.
2: Uh, Chris Sale on the mound for Boston Valdez for the Astros. Um the good thing uh, Julio, is they're playing
3: in fenway tonight uh, this afternoon they're back
2: in fenway and then they will play the final two coming up in houston on friday saturday yeah uh, I,
3: I want i want uh a 3-2 lead going into
2: i would say want is in the word i would say need
3: oh i'd say a, yo, yeah you need No, we it. need it and i want it too but um there are we, needs
2: we, and there are wants we talked about this in elementary and in school. this
3: case i need it and i want it
2: food and water Three, two, is a want is a need As I said, force a
3: them force them to have to win two games
2: julio urias on the mound for the dodgers the braves got to him he pitched in relief in game two and again the braves i still haven't seen a starter for them and that's frustrating as we sit here at 314 who do
3: you think might start well i
2: mean they're gonna throw you at some point right he's there but they're gonna do the old bullpen game well, you type know of thing. they are what did you just say sorry you know um mark bowman who covers the team says i just got that <laughs> <"Ugh."> <laughs> mentor you Smiley. smiley uh, i mean they're just gonna throw whatever arms they have that aren't Charlie Morton and Max Fried and hopefully so not the staff day, Ian basically. Anderson as well. Yeah. Which is uh man, Mike Soroka would be nice to have right now. Although if you're the Dodgers, you could say Trevor Bauer and Dustin May would be nice to have right now. So mm-hmm. uh a lot of injuries to stars in this series, but I, it's been a it's been it's an been. awesome series. You've had two walk-off wins by the Braves. You had a eighth inning comeback in the bottom of the eighth for the dodgers so this has been a wild one which is why uh chandler number three on the rundown today is wild wednesday because what a day it is wild wednesday in the world of sports it's a wild wednesday (laughs) with the astros and red sox at 508 on fox sports one the braves and dodgers 808 on tbs you got a great college football game it's a ton of people that aren't even going to watch postseason baseball tonight Because they're going to be watching Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State 730 on ESPN2. It's going to be a wild one tonight at A.J. McMurphy. It's a wild Wednesday. A wild Wednesday. Now, there's a lot of people that aren't watching any of that stuff because a lot of teams are opening up in the NBA, including the Charlotte Hornets, as they take on the Pacers, the revamped Bulls against the Pistons. Kimball Walker makes his Knicks debut in Madison Square Garden against the Celtics. Raptors Wizards, Grizz Cavs, Rockets, T-Wolves, a Ben Simmonsless 76ers team takes on a Zion Williamsonless Pelicans team. Magic Spurs, Thunder Jazz, Nuggets, Suns will be a lot of fun on ESPN at 10 o'clock. And it's Dane Time at 10 o'clock as the Blazers take on the Kings. So you've got all of that. A lot of people won't be watching any of that because the Bruins and the Flyers play at 7.30 on TNT, and the Blues and the Golden Knights at 10 o'clock on TNT. There is something for everybody tonight in the world of sports, and we'll be watching it all at A.J. McMurphy's coming up at 8 o'clock. Sports trivia, we'll be playing that. I might have to go just one TV on the trivia questions tonight because we're going to have to have the baseball on. There's so many sporting We want the Hornets on, so we're going to have to... uh, to do some tv configuration, you got braves
4: a lot of braves fans that show up to aj's hornets man
2: it's just a wild wild Wednesday. all you can call it is a wild wednesday it's wild wednesday it's wild wednesday all right let's uh take a time out come back a lot more to go on pirate radio live that's a good thing because we still have an hour and two hours and 43 minutes left uh how about the voice jeff charles joins us next to talk some pirate football His thoughts on what's going to be a new look AAC and maybe a little pirate hoops as well. More to go on Pirate Radio Live. We visit with a voice after this.
0: pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show welcome back
3: if you've got damage from wood rot smoke or fire or even water consider it fixed if you've got damage use a contractor that works for you and not your insurance company visit fixednc.com today or call 999-0001. That's three nines, three zeros, and a one. Fixed in C. Restore, renew, maintain. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock.
2: Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Got Molly coming up at 4 o'clock to talk postseason baseball, NFL, golf, college football. Uh, we'll talk some NBA with Spencer Percy as the Hornets uh, get underway tonight against the Indiana Pacers that game is a pick'em uh in charlotte tonight we'll uh talk to spencer from the buzzbeat podcast coming up at around 4 40 troy d is back at five o'clock we'll talk ecu houston coming up in the five o'clock hour and a lot more but right now we will visit with the voice he is headed to houston this weekend jeff charles joins us on the fixed nc live line it's talk pirate football and more jeff how you doing today
5: Clip, I'm doing great. Just sitting here getting ready for the game and doing my preparation for the broadcast on Saturday. I've got the stat of the day for you, Clip, as we start our conversation. I was looking up some different facts and figures for University of Houston's football history. And in 1968, the University of Houston played Tulsa University. And guess what happened uh, in that game, Clip? Tulsa scored six points, and Houston scored... A hundred points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was Houston 100 and Tulsa 6 back in 1968. And I really can't remember off the top of my head another college football team scoring 100 points in a game that's probably been done. But that was a new fact for me.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's new to me as well, Jeff. And we're hoping the Pirates can keep uh, Dana Holgerson's offense under 100 uh, coming up this Saturday. Uh, and and surprisingly, Jeff, maybe that shouldn't be a surprise, but when I think Dana Holgerson, I think offense, I think kind of wide open pass and attack. But Houston's bread and butter, at least on paper, and you, you look at the score so far this season, and the numbers has been their defense, uh, Jeff, giving up 16 points a game so far.
5: Yeah, their defense has really been good, Cliff. But I'll tell you what scares the uh, Pirate fans going into this game when you really look at the numbers is that Houston has 24 sacks and the Pirates have given up 22 sacks. Mm. So that is not a real strong stat going into the game and certainly a challenge for ECU because this defensive front is really good. And as Coach Houston has said for the last couple of weeks now, the fact that they don't have to blitz much, they don't have to bring a whole lot of pressure, that they are so good up front, they get a lot of pressure with four down linemen, and they do a really good job of getting to the quarterback and making sacks. And so that's going to be, I think, priority one clip going into this game this weekend. That pirate offensive line has to be able to hold up, and they're going to have to be able to protect Holton, and then Holton's going to have to make good decisions once he gets the football. And uh, I'll tell you what, if they can't hold up up front and Holton has a tough day throwing the ball – Uh, It's going to be a long day, so I think uh, key number one is going to be the play in the trenches this week, especially this week. It's always important, but I think especially this week because Houston is so good at getting after quarterback.
2: Kind of rare, Jeff, you see two teams coming off a bye, but that'll be the case. East Carolina off last week, as was the Houston Cougars, and something I have looked at this week, I don't know if this will even be a factor on Saturday, but... We're talking about human beings here, and we've seen it quite a bit. We saw East Carolina earlier this season, and some of the players admit that, yeah, maybe they did not take Charleston Southern as seriously as they should, and perhaps we're looking ahead to a big matchup against Tulane. Well, Houston has SMU next week. The Mustangs are— course an in-state opponent uh somewhat of a rival and without cincinnati being on houston's schedule that's the biggest game left on their 2021 regular season houston right now with just one loss it came to texas tech so they're thinking hey let's run the table in the american let's get a crack at cincinnati at the end of this thing and, and see what happens from there so i i, I hope there is some kind of look ahead factor going on to maybe Sonny dykes and smu next week we, we won't know uh, maybe until we see Houston take the field on Saturday. But just something I'm, I'm throwing out there for Pirate fans to be optimistic about.
5: Yeah, that's a good point, Cliff. And, uh, of course, as we know, SMU's number 21 this week. They're 6-0, and and they play tomorrow night. So they have a chance uh, to win again tomorrow night. They're favored in their game with Tulane. So that looms as a big game in the conference this year. And also remember the fact, too, that the last time Houston played, they played on a Thursday night. So they have 16 days now mm. between games. Could there be a little rust with this Houston football team? I uh, mean, 16 days is a long time between games. So that's something else that uh, we'll talk a little bit about going into this game on Saturday. But this is a good Houston team. I'll tell you what, Cliff, they have really hit the transfer market, uh, both four-year transfers and also junior college transfers. They are just really uh, dotted with, with those kind of players throughout their entire roster, and we'll see so many of them playing key roles for Houston coming up on Saturday but this is a good football team Uh, offensively uh, they're good I wouldn't say they're great but they are good Clayton Toon is a a good quarterback and then McCaskill the true freshman running back has made quite an impression in his first year at Houston and then they have this little receiver Nathaniel Dell who's uh, really really fast he's keeping Mitchell fast and uh, he leads them in catches and he's a good player and he's got some good players around him and an offensive line that's been together is pretty much of a veteran offensive line. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be a handful. And the other guy to watch uh, this week, if uh, you're watching Houston Clip, is the return guy, Marcus Jones. Uh, he's number one in the country in uh, some of the kickoff and punt return stats. And he's a threat to take it to the house every time he catches the ball as a punt returner or a kickoff return guy. So the Pirates really had him circled on the scouting report this week as well because, Especially sometimes when you're playing on the road and uh, the home team gets a 98 yard kickoff return for a touchdown, everybody's going nuts. The game can kind of get out of hand. So, Pirate Special Team's going to have to really be good this week in defending the kickoff and punt return of uh, Houston.
2: I know that's been an emphasis. Heard uh, his name mentioned uh, quite a bit, and that part of the game, that kick return coverage for East Carolina. Jeff, uh, People have pointed out that Mike Houston will be taking his team to Houston and ECU will be playing at TD ECU Stadium coming up this Saturday. Uh, Jeff, uh, is ECU, uh, TD ECU, ECU TD Stadium, uh, Big 12 ready? What kind of venue is that uh, as far as facilities go that you've been in?
5: It is really nice, Cliff. Of course, this will be our second visit there, and uh, it is a really, really nice place. Now, it's not as big as – A lot of stadiums, uh, when they joined the Big 12, uh, it seats right at 40,000. But it has all the bells and whistles. I was really impressed when we were there the last time. Uh, They did a great job with it. Of course, as new as it is, everything looks fresh and shiny. And uh, it looks like a brand-new stadium when you walk in there. So, yeah, it's a very, very nice venue. And Houston really needed a new place. The old Robertson Stadium was not very nice at all. And Houston, when you look back over what's happened with them, Cliff, and I think we've probably talked about this before, but they were in the old Southwest Conference, which had the eight Texas schools in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And then they did not make the cut uh, going into uh, the Big 8, the Big 12 now, uh, when, that, uh, when that occurred. And so their program just lay dormant there for a long time in both football and basketball. I think they were kind of licking their wounds uh, again once they, they didn't make the cut to go into the Big 12. And so they were just kind of floundering around, you know, in Conference USA without a much of a commitment to either the football or the basketball program. And then I think the powers-to-be woke up and said, hey, we're going to have to do something here if we want to be considered in the future to move into a, another league. And so, you know, they, they started pounding a lot of money into their facilities. And they built a brand-new football stadium. And then the basketball arena, which also was in big need of repair, was uh, undergoing an entire new renovation. And, of course, it's it's really nice now. And so they've really upgraded their, their facilities. And they've had some big-money people in Houston and in the state of Texas that have put some money into it. And they've got their facilities up to par. And then when that happened, then the teams down there started to win. And Houston, of course, as we all know, went to the Final Four last year I was looking at their at their website today and as a matter of fact, and they're sold out of basketball season tickets which they should yeah you know coming off a great season that they had and then football has has been has been really good it's been down a little bit with Dana Holgerson but they had that great run you know a few years ago so it's all about commitment clip and it's all about having the right people in the boat uh, rowing together at the same time and Houston went through a period like all programs do when Again, they they just weren't very competitive, but uh, a lot of folks stepped up and they had a commitment, they put some money into it, they hired good coaches, and now here they are going into the Big 12 and in a big market like Houston's, the number four market in the country, they've always had that going for them. So here they are now. uh, You know, the Pirates are only going to play them this year and probably next, and everything you hear with all of this conference expansion talk is that probably in two years probably in 2023 all this is going to take place and the Houston's of the world are going to be in the big 12 and East Carolina is going to be playing the the Florida Atlantics and the North Texas's and the UTSA's it looks like in the future maybe as recently uh, uh, as soon as uh, two years from
2: now Jeff Charles joining us I was gonna bring that up next Jeff you are no stranger to Texas due to your days uh, calling games at uh, Conference USA the AAC and uh, you'll see, uh, I guess, an old friend soon once again in Rice, and then maybe some travels to North Texas and UTSA as well as FAU, Charlotte, UAB expected uh, to be potentially joining the American. And we, we've talked about this, Jeff, but um, just the the, the map, uh, the, the spread of the map in the American is uh, going to stay as wide, if not get wider with the addition of these schools. And it uh, doesn't make a, a ton of sense. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about it in the past. I know your feelings on it, but uh, it kind of became maybe real this week.
5: Well, again, I think it kind of hit everybody between the eyes. I don't think anybody thought it was going to go to six additional schools, Clip. I mean, we heard about UAB and maybe to a lesser extent here in the last week or two about the UTSA. But I was caught off guard, as I think uh, most people were. That all of a sudden, there are going to be six new schools in the league. I don't think anybody really saw that coming too much. But that's what looks like is going to happen. Of course, all the contracts have to be signed. But that looks like that's a mere formality at this point. But you're right, when you look at uh, where East Carolina's been and where I have been with the program down through the years, yes, we've been to Florida Atlantic for basketball. And they have a very small gym. Uh, It's a high school-sized gym that they play in. Never done a football game there, but, you know, it's about a 30,000-seat football stadium. Uh, Then, of course, uh, we've been to Rice I don't know how many times for both football and basketball, and quite frankly, very few people go to Rice football or go to Rice basketball. Uh, UAB, we know all about UAB. Seems like we went down there a lot in past years, which we did, and they've always had a pretty good basketball tradition. They've got a nice arena downtown, and now they have built this uh, really nice football stadium, and clip, you know, it's remarkable what's happened down there. I mean, that program was given up for dead. They were out of business, and yep. they've come back, and, and they've become uh, pretty good, and Bill Clark, the coach, has done just a wonderful job there, and I know in talking to some other coaches, uh, they tell me that UAB this year would be a middle-of-the-pack American Athletic Conference team, so... They're they're pretty good now, and I think that's a good addition for this league. When you take into account what happened with the three defections, so we have familiarity with all of those. Been to North Texas once uh, for basketball. Uh, they have a nice basketball arena. Uh, Denton, Texas, is almost fifty miles north of Dallas, but you know it's a nice college town, uh, nice arena. They won an NCAA tournament game last year. They've had some they've had some tradition in basketball there. Football has a beautiful stadium, but again, they're like so many schools these days. Uh, they're just having a hard time drawing fans. And never been to San Antonio uh, for college sports, clip. Yeah. But uh, I was
2: going to ask you, have you been in the Alamo Dome, Jeff, to call a game? Been
5: in the Alamo Dome, clip But you know that's where UTSA plays. And yeah. It seats sixty-five thousand. Now the bad news is they're on campus arena. I say arena. It seats the two thousand six hundred. And so I would assume, and I am assuming here now, there will be a mandate from the conference office that will insist that UTSA plays in the Spurs arena for yeah. conference games. And that's AT&T arena. It seats 18,300. And so I would assume that's where that uh, UTSA basketball will play. How many they'll draw, I don't know. Uh, but uh, – you know, Cliff, it's going to be it's going to be different than, of course, Charlotte right next door. We know a lot about Charlotte. I don't know how many times for basketball. And hall Arena is a really nice place. It's a very nice arena. They're renovating as I understand. Uh, never been in the stadium, but have seen it when you drive up to the basketball arena. Very small, only seats fifteen thousand. But I guess again, they have plans to expand it. So, uh, you know, you you do the best you can. And I, I know Mike Aresco is taking some heat, but. But, uh, you know, what could he do? I mean, he didn't really have any leverage in, in any of this. When the Big 12 came calling, those schools were all going to jump because it's a Power 5 league, and they could at least double, if not triple, their television revenue. So what was Mike Resco supposed to do? He just did not go into those negotiations with the same firepower. And what they've had to do is they just had to go now and do the best they can. It's it's like recruiting clip. It's all in a pecking order. And that's the way these conferences work, too. I mean, what's happened is the Big 12 rated the American. Now the American is rated Conference USA. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, what we see in recruiting with the talent pools. And, you know, oftentimes a, an American team's not going to get the same player that a Big Ten or an SEC team is going to get. So it's just, yep. uh, it's just uh, the way college athletics is today now, Cliff. And it's a changing landscape, as we all know, every day.
2: Maybe uh, with Charlotte coming in, Jeff, I I know that the AAC has a deal now with uh, the the Fort Worth and Dickey's Arena for the tournament, which uh, I've heard you and others talk, is a a fantastic arena. But maybe with Charlotte coming in, we can get the American Basketball Tournament there at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte. And I can actually go see my first conference uh, basketball tournament with East Carolina playing down the road one day. I'll, I'll hold out hope for that, Jeff.
5: Yeah, that would be great, Cliff. I'd, I'd love to see that. I'd rather go to Charlottesville to Fort Worth. <laughs> you know, this this league has just now got a real Texas-centric yeah. feel to it. Uh, if you really think about it, because you've got going to have four schools in this league in Texas. The conference office is in Texas, and as you mentioned, the basketball tournament is in Texas at Fort Worth. So you know, it just kind of feels like a Texas league with some other schools in it. So, you know, there's just no right or wrong answers to all of this. It's just very complex. And at the end of the day, Cliff, it's all about television. It's all about television revenue. And if there is a silver lining that came out of this for ECU, it's the fact that if all the reports are true and if everything that you read is accurate, the fact that East Carolina is going to remain somewhere around six million maybe seven million dollars in television revenue which is what the pirates were getting before the three defections. so that is the good news out of this that you still have that decent television payout and you still have that decent espn exposure so don't fret all that much pirate fans there maybe is a glimmer of hope there uh, as far as that is concerned financially and Hopefully, uh, some of these other schools can can get better. I know that's what Mike Oresco said, Clip, If you read some of his quotes here the last week or two, he said, I think this league can help elevate some of these programs we're bringing in. Whether that will happen or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you'd think a school like UTSA has a lot of potential to be pretty good.
2: Yeah, and uh, right now they are in the top 25, uh, the roadrunners are, in, in football. so uh jeff charles joining us jeff we'll uh, we'll let you run and uh had joe dooley in yesterday we'll talk more basketball with you next week but just wanted to point out uh, uh sitting down with him for about 20 minutes yesterday on the show i can tell you this he, he still has the the fire and the passion and the the love for the sport of basketball and uh, he admitted that he doesn't love everything that has transpired in the world of college athletics and college basketball uh, but he kind of used a line that you say quite a bit, Jeff, something to the effect of, if, you know, if you if you don't keep up, you get left behind. And that was kind of Joe Dooley's thought process, it sounds like, with everything that's going on with, uh, with college hoops today.
5: Well, you're right, and I've talked to Joe informally a couple of times here recently, and he's really excited about the guys he's brought into the program. And I know Pirate fans will say, oh, yeah, you say that every year. <laughs> But uh, but he is, and Vance Jackson I think is going to be a really nice player here, and Winston Tabs certainly is a good player, uh, and then the you know some of the holdovers the Pirates have from from the last year or two are, are decent players. So you know there's a little hope, there's a little optimism I think for basketball. But you're right about Joe, and I say this every time somebody asks me about Joe Dooley clip, and you will never find a guy anywhere, who loves the sport more, who works harder than Joe Dooley. I mean, the guy never stops. He's 24-7. He has done everything humanly possible to bring East Carolina a winner in basketball, and he will continue to do that. That's just in his DNA. I don't know when the guy sleeps. They're either coaching or recruiting or on the phone or doing whatever they can do to get this basketball program at least to the point where it can compete in this league and it's not been from lack of effort. As you know, I'm a Joe Dooley fan. I think he does just a marvelous job with what he has to work with. He is just in a very difficult situation. Now, when we talk about all this conference stuff, Cliff and everything is going to change, quite honestly, this can help Joe Dooley because he's not going to have to play Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF anymore moving forward. And Cincinnati and Houston, we know how good they are, and I think this will surprise a lot of Pirate fans. UCF is not at the same caliber as those two schools in basketball but East Carolina's lost to UCF 12 in a row in basketball
6: hmm.
5: so it's been a tough nut for the <clears> to <throat> even playing the night. so moving forward he's not going to have to worry about playing those three schools yeah. maybe that will even out a little bit competition-wise
2: Jeff, uh, enjoyed it. Have a great trip to Houston and a fantastic call. We'll talk to your broadcast partner coming up Thursday on Pirate Radio Live, Kevin Monroe. You guys have a great call on Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, Voice. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Cliff. Jeff Charles joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. We'll talk to Kevin Monroe coming up Thursday at 4 o'clock right here on the show. Actually, Kevin Monroe Thursday in the 3 o'clock hour. To get you ready for ecu and houston and uh, get his thoughts on what the cougars have to offer we'll take a timeout, come back wrap up hour one get you set for hour two we don't have a lot of champions league fans tuned in to the program probably but uh there's a lot of that going on right now we are awaiting the start time to boston and houston coming up at 508 today on fox sports one so we'll be watching that in hour three of today's show great college football game tonight Ab state hosting undefeated and 15th ranked coastal carolina so a lot going on great day of sports and we're talking about it all here on pirate radio live we got more to go and there is some news coming out about a potential Deshaun Watson trade. We'll talk about that when we return after this.
0: Listening to hour one of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom T-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now back to the show.
3: Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ says daily food and drink specials. And an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock on Wednesdays. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and, of course, brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock.
2: All righty. I saw this from a writer in the Miami Herald. This is from a... Um, The Brian Bailey of uh, Houston. uh, He's on Fox TV. The Brian North of Houston, sports director at Fox 26 KRIV. And it says the Texans are working toward a potential deal that would send Deshaun Watson to the Miami Dolphins. They could get done this week. Mm. If not this week, they still hope they can get it done by the November 2nd trade deadline. So uh he Watson's been in limbo and just kind of sitting there doing nothing there's still a lot of stuff looming around him in regards to the massage therapist who have there's like 20 of them yeah 24 like, uh and that is not a criminal case as of right now um but that still has to work itself out one way or the other. But also, he said that I'm just, I'm not playing for the Texans. So he does them no good on their roster. Poor David Cully. It's
3: just costing them money.
2: Yeah. And so I guess if the Dolphins trade for him, can they just play him?
3: I guess. I the just NFL don't see how that's going to help the Dolphins in any way other than
2: other than he's an amazing quarterback
3: yeah but we haven't you can have an amazing quarterback but if you don't have a decent team
2: <sighs> no you get deshaun the texans weren't really a, that good of a team of course they were bad our last defense year is
3: terrible we can score all the points in the world and it, our defense is going to give up just as many
2: now nah, you get deshaun watson you're a factor if he can play I, I don't think the nfl's put him on any kind of list have they
3: not that not i'm aware th- I of
2: so, it's still weird to me. I've been done me. with the Deshaun
4: Watson stuff. But and you also got
3: to keep in mind too, the dude hasn't played.
4: Yeah, but he's played. Nah, but he's going to play and it looks like it could be.
3: I'm just saying in the from a production standpoint, I mean, he has not played.
2: For you to act like Deshaun Watson's not going to help the Dolphins is crazy. I know that you're in this Look, like we suck, everything's we bad. We suck. We suck. I know the mental state you're in. But, but you got to yeah. get out of it but when you get a top it's like
3: coach rick smith says winning is a habit and losing can be a habit as well
2: well you also got to run the ball and stop the run
3: of course
4: that's right
2: deshaun watson can run the ball but he can't stop the run he can't stop it.
3: <laughs> and we can't stop the run either
2: <laughs> can't stop the rock Nope. can't stop can't. the rock can't stop the rock what do you think about that coach not much <laughs> uh all right so that's out there just wanted to uh to pass that along by the way speaking of quarterbacks um baker mayfield is out out out, out. he is out shout out to coach O. had a birthday
3: yeah he this did week. yeah he had a birthday this week
2: happy birthday coach o. I, uh, I wonder if Oof. troy thought about getting him a gift
3: <laughs> no troy got himself a gift Oh,
2: okay that's how it works. yeah um what were we talking about oh thursday night so i guess uh teddy two gloves is healthy right he's playing for the broncos yeah yeah yeah, yeah. baker mayfield is out. oot, and who will be starting for the browns on thursday night football I saw
4: it. it's chandler uh, honeycutt oh
2: while chandler's thinking after i give the clue you're not allowed to guess anymore it goes to shirley
4: no nah, it is going to
2: be he started for the football team in the past he started for the Vikings in the past. Uh, oh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum.
3: I was getting ready to say Cousins, but that was like, wait, no, he's still with the Vikings.
2: Keenan was Keenum was the case that they gave Cleveland <laughs> for Thursday night. And of
3: course, we're playing Houston this week. Oh, way to reach for that one.
2: <laughs> it's all coming together. It's local politics, bud. It's local to politics, bud. Yeah, I mean, there's it, local politics, bud. <laughs> okay pal all right buddy all right whoops all right pard uh, Dude. so case Keenum versus teddy bridgewater on a thursday night oh kingdom started for the broncos before too right
4: yeah, he's been with a lot case of case
2: kingdom revenge game we gotta Let's see go. what Igo thinks about that uh we'll have that for you uh thursday night right here on power see radio that,
3: see that just doesn't make it interesting to me now uh, i mean if baker mayfield was playing i'd be interested
2: you're not interested in Deshaun Watson coming to Miami. No. I mean, that, that's <laughs> the concern. you're interested in Baker Mayfield.
3: <laughs> no, I'm just interested. In, no, I want to see the starting quarterbacks go head to head. I mean, I, you know, as as much as y'all had lamented about Teddy Two Gloves playing as badly as he did in y'all in being Caroli- Chandler, yeah, you know, car- yeah, in Carolina. You know, I want to see what he does with the Broncos, and I want to see Baker Mayfield succeed. I think the I want to see the Browns succeed just because they've been in the they've been cellar dwellers for so many years. I'd like to see them get out of it.
2: Oh, by I I like the underdog. And that was a bad. I, I had the Browns this weekend, but I had two of the. I had one of my best, easiest plays of all time on Saturday, and one of my worst plays ever on Sunday. Saturday, I had Purdue plus eleven and a half. Thought about the money line, but didn't take it, and they just crushed Iowa. Like that was a no doubter from the beginning. Iowa got. Iowa was
3: sick and tired of losing to Purdue.
2: uh good call there, Mrs. Knight. And then on Sunday, I had the Detroit Lions plus three and a half, and they scored some late garbage points they were down back door heck no it was 34 to 11 they got crushed they were shut out most of the game oh i had them plus three and a half oh i thought you were going to say they were they covered <laughs> that was my worst play of oh because oh, oh. the guy cried the week before i thought if a coach cries that would be a good thing for his team turns out it's a bad thing they don't want to see the coach cry
4: this the same coach that wanted the bite this is kneecap biter
2: dan campbell he's oh, running out of he's running out of like gimmicks at this point he's gonna have to just start regular coaching and that could be uh the downfall now he, they don't they don't have any they got deandre swift they got my ex-boyfriend uh marvin jones your ex-boyfriend no he plays for the jags who do they have at receiver who's the vikings number one receiver vikings <laughs> the hell all right relax i was getting ready to say everybody wait, what? relax sit everybody, down. everybody calm down sit down we're talking about the Lions. Ooh. they used to have marvin jones he's a jaguar now don't know why i said the vikings good lord who is the Lions' number one target
4: um
2: well they're tight end tj hawkinson i'm on st brown
4: oh my god
2: daryl hodge had two catches tom kennedy can't be a real person
4: sounds like a senator
2: tom kennedy tom kennedy got approved nah, this message look at this guy i'm sorry Five oh, ten. that's the senator <laughs> he is the senator
4: of michigan
2: Yeah, he, uh, he went to bryant uh, so is that a kicker You said point being outside Good of Lord. deandre swift tj hawkinson they do not have uh any talent there for dan campbell in detroit
7: mm, ugh.
2: But we'll see how long they give him in Detroit. Jared Goff is not going to be the long-term answer at quarterback, so maybe they do really bad this year. They go out, find their quarterback, I don't know, and give him a shot. Um, but anyway, don't know why we got there, but we did. But I'm glad we did. But And I am super happy we did. Let's take a timeout. When we return, Mike Mullis joins us. Via phone. Via the phone, he will not be in the Pirate Radio studios.
3: And I will. Oh man, I'll, I'm out. Shirley's gone. Where are you going? I'm gone. Where? Are you I've, going? I've got some things I got to take care oh, of. Oh, do Saturday. you? Oh, do yes. you?
4: Who leaves work? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you seriously?
2: Re- <laughs> you really want me to? answer <laughs> I mean, you just going to leave work like that. I
4: mean, <laughs> come on. Let's get out of here. Let's get a break.
2: <laughs> Shirley, we'll see you tomorrow. Alright, see you tomorrow. Jalen is stepping up from the bullpen and coming in to change. the rest of the show. We're back with you after this. Ten.
0: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University ENC.com. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back to the show. Villa Verde on 10th Street and Villa Verde, dosed by the hospital, are open for you. Serving unique and healthy dishes from the Dominican Republic. Order online at myvillaverde.com or the Villa Verde app. Order a family meal that feeds six to seven people, and they will have it ready for curbside pickup today. Whether it's dining or
2: takeout, Villa Verde is a platform
4: for good. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Rock.
2: All back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Punch-up number one there, Chan Man, because Mike Mullis joins us via the Fixed NC Live line. Nice ad read there, sir. Thank you. And uh, Jalen, thanks for... Uh handling the video duties as shirley rhodes has left but we are still here rocking and rolling and Molly joins us as i said today on the program Molly, how you doing man
8: hey good buddy how are
2: you i'm doing all right um you know the uh, sun came out today tough loss for the uh, the bravos yesterday but uh we uh we roll on with another one Molly. when you uh when you see something like that happen uh where the braves have a two nothing series lead it it kind of feels like the dodgers and the dodger crowd they had been sleepwalking and braves were about to go up three nothing and then boom uh cody bellinger a three-run rocket off of luke jackson and and all of the 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 past issues atlanta's had closing out series winning series going to and trying to win a world series uh, is it right for Braves fans today to feel like the series was lost last night?
8: I mean, if those how you want to feel, and it's funny, that's a typical fan's reaction. The reality is Braves still hold the lead the series. Yeah, the Dodgers are probably a better team. They won 106 games, hard to argue, you know, their success. But, I mean, the Braves are kind of on uh, playing with house money. I can remember talking to uh, a certain radio personality, just about a month ago who'd never thought they'd have a chance to even be at this point. So, but that's the, that's the, that's the beauty of fandom.
2: Mully, uh, we talked on Saturday while watching some college football action and, uh, the Dodgers were throwing a bullpen game, uh, or threw a bullpen game in game one of the series. Now the Braves are, are doing the same tonight. It will be, you on the mound for Atlanta and, and he had, he's a starter. I mean, he was, he was their best starter, before he punched a wall after struggling in a game and went on the injured list and, and hasn't been really great since then. Um but what do you think about postseason baseball when everything's on the line and we're seeing these bullpen games uh in these uh, these key moments, Molly?
8: Again, this isn't an everything's on the line deal. It's you know, if it's the final game, they're not going Johnny Holstaff. They're going with Johnny Holstaff to get their rotation back soon enough to be able to pitch. So it's—I mean, it's—it's it's one of those things you have to do if you don't, you know, if you don't have the, you know, the available starting pitching. So I mean, I, you know, I think it's one of those things that again, we've really seen—we've seen a bunch of it in the postseason, and, and not that these games don't matter, but uh as far as you know, where the series stands. But clearly, uh this isn't a win or go home thing deal. So you know, I. I I get it. I think it's a necessary evil. Uh, I mean, if you look at the Dodgers having to do the same thing, like you mentioned, that was directly uh, because of uh, correlated to Clayton Kershaw being unavailable. So, you know, that's just um, it's just part of postseason baseball. It's been a long season, and you got to remember, man. It's even for these guys with the shortened year last year. They're in uncharted waters, even for guys that have been around because they've never had that type of layoff that few games and then come back and have this, you know, this long of a season. So, I mean, I, I just, you know, I think it's part of it. I, obviously, again, I don't think if this is, you know, game, a game five or game seven, I don't think you're seeing this. I think this is a necessity to get, you know, to try to get to game seven.
2: And Mully, uh, you know, I'd like to see two aces go at it on the mound, but um, instead you see this and, and you said how not only you just mentioned it's a necessity, but, you said it's uh, it can be an advantage for the team doing it because you got these batters seeing different pitchers every single inning, and it stymied the Braves for a while on Saturday before Austin Riley was able to homer and then kind of get the ball rolling uh, a little bit. But this is something that uh, that can be used as a weapon for teams when they send these different guys out there.
8: Yeah, I can assure you they'd rather go with a you know a donkey to go out there and hope that hope to get you know six or seven uh, innings out of them because it's it's kind of an odds deal or numbers deal where the fact that you're going to run, I don't know, four or five guys out there, what are the chances that all four or five guys have their better stuff to give the different looks? You know, it's, it's, and a lot of it is some guys can't pitch in those roles quite as well. It's just a, it's just a different deal. It's not, it's certainly not preferable. Again, I think it's just a necessity of kind of where they're at and what, know what they're having to do to jockey around to to try to position themselves uh for later in the series but yeah i mean it's tough i mean it's tough you you try to get a rhythm against the guy and you know you got the lefty righty matchups that are so prevalent you get in a situation where now you've got uh you know the ability to kind of flip-flop and and if i stop my hitter and it's going to affect how you're going to use your bullpen so i mean there is some you know some chess being played there for sure.
2: There was a lot of criticism on Dave Roberts uh in this series and and part of it was bringing in uh, Julio Urias who is tonight's starter for the Dodgers in game 2 and when that happened I was pretty terrified. I was like, man, they're bringing this dude in like this is they're up to. This is not good and the Braves are able to touch him up. Maybe that gives them some confidence going into tonight, but do you watch these games with a uh, critical manager eye and and if so, like what have you think, uh, thought of some of the decisions made so far?
8: You know, I I know, I look I've never managed at the level that, that these guys are managing. I don't know their I you know, I don't know their their players. I, I think that the things that I've kind of raised an some of the decisions on the base paths, either oh, God. by the you know, by the coaches or by the by the players just being poor base managers. I mean, those are the things that I've gone, man, that's that's kinda of questionable but as far as managing the day-in, day-out, they know their guys way better than I do. They, and again, I've never – that's a whole different deal. I mean, there are a lot of guys a lot more qualified to talk about it than me. But, uh, no, I mean, I kind of want you from a fans' perspective probably. I mean, you're an educated consumer of the game, bud. You're looking at it probably much through the same lens as I do. And, it's—you uh, know—it's—it's—you you know, it's, it's – it's, it, it, you just don't know where – you don't know where somebody's at. You don't know what the conversation was when whatever player walked in the locker room that day – you get kind of a distant stare in their eye or something that just doesn't, you know, you go, man, I don't know if he's with us today, off the field stuff. So, I mean, all those things factor into how these guys have to manage these games.
2: Yeah, you mentioned base running. There have been some uh, some issues on the Braves' side and a huge one from Chris Taylor on the Dodgers' side over the weekend. But you talk about, all right, let's get a guy on base, let's move this guy over, and everything gets so magnified in the playoffs that base running didn't really – enter my brain but man that has been a uh a huge storyline in this braves Dodgers series it was yesterday in the first inning when rosario they, the braves get a couple of hits freddie gets off the snide everything's looking good and then you get a a line drive into center field he gets caught off a second and all of a sudden a rally is over and the dodgers have the momentum so everything's magnified including things like base running in the uh postseason base
8: running base running a defense we saw the drop fly ball for the dodgers yesterday. Yeah. i mean so you know, those things show up big in the postseason, man. And, again, you are playing a really short season, uh, regardless of where you stand, you know, in the series. Uh, so those little mistakes and, uh, you know, a one-run, one-run in high-level high level baseball is hard to come by anyway. One run at this level of baseball is, is very difficult. Obviously, we saw, you know, what's the name, explode for seven in the, you know, a two outs in the inning last night. But that's, that's kind of unusual. But I, that that's uh, – You know, I mean, you got those mistakes are huge uh, any time of the year, uh, especially when you look at the you know the wild card one gamers. uh, One play can determine whether or not you make the postseason. If you even if you've got one hundred and five or six wins, we we saw it this year.
2: Well, the Braves were in control yesterday. The Red Sox were in control, uh, and I say that they had a one run lead throughout most of that game. Jose Altuve hits a home run to tie it in the eighth, and then the Red Sox think they're getting out. Of the top of the ninth with the pitch that's in the strike zone called a ball. Castro gets a hit, floodgates uh break open, and the Astros able to knot that series up, molly So that one has taken some twists and turns. And man, this Red Sox offense were hitting at a historic pace going into last night's game with all the grand slams and home runs, but uh they are not able to put a lot on the board last night. And the Astros, as you said, go. Uh, that 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 score doesn't indicate the kind of game it was it got out of hand in the eighth inning but uh, that's been a fun series as well
8: yeah and you know it's 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 I've been asked a million times who do I like and I've said you know I like Dodgers and, and Astros in the World Series but I still don't think that's a done deal I mean there's there's a for there to be so little baseball to be played there's a lot of really critical baseball to be played and you know, momentum is huge this time of the year, and it, and it's you know kind of which which side of the fields it's on is it on, and you got I got to agree with you. I felt like the Dodgers, although they're chasing in that series, they definitely took control of momentum yesterday, uh, as did the Astros. So I, I don't uh, I don't know. I feel like they're both better, the better teams. I, I even would say that. As much as I hate to say it, I I think ultimately we see the Astros win it all. Uh, but I, uh, but it's still it's 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 been as good a postseason baseball as I can remember. Uh, even for somebody who reluctantly started watching it, just but but just couldn't turn it off.
2: Mike Mullis joining us, Mully. Uh, we'll talk to Troy D. coming up at five o'clock. He was at Soldier Field on Sunday when Aaron Rodgers told the crowd that he owned them. I, you know, I said all week last week. I loved the uh, felt very comfortable with the Packers minus the points at Chicago. For that one reason, Aaron Rodgers beats the Bears. That's just what he does. Um, I know that you are not quite on the Aaron Rodgers bandwagon here of late. What did you think of his discount double-check sign and then the I-own-you comments after a touchdown?
8: I, I tell you what, I'm going to give you inform because I hear you guys are taking such joy in uh, talking about what a and I am. and So I'll give you guys the opportunity to say what i probably said or what you think i said okay at the time, if you'd like to take that
2: opportunity chandler you do a pretty good mully would you like to take it from here or you want me come on chandler step up i think it was by i think That's supposed to be funny i think it was bush league i think the guy he's just a, a an act he is a caricature of himself at this point in his career and to act that way when you know there's there's kids watching there's young football fans watching is uh it's pretty disgusting and I, I'm ready for him to move on from the Green Bay Packers organization. Was that supposed to be funny? That's what I thought, Smully, about what you're gonna say.
8: I, I, I honestly you did a better job. You were making me think, you know what I didn't think about that. But yeah, I did that's some really good points you made on my behalf. <laughs> I will say this is so un Green Bay like and what to this point in his career has been so un Aaron Rodgers like that this dude like grew the hair out. He's 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 freaking like a renegade. Now he's going off the deep end. I, I don't. I don't get the whole show. Uh, it's definitely not my thing. And again, I, I think it's just a, a complete distraction to, to what you know. That's one reason I've always liked Green Bay is they they kind of just you know shut up and play football. They just. I mean, it's
5: old school,
8: the mentality, the town, the whole thing. And and Aaron Rodgers, I just, I don't, I don't get it. it it's a fact, and that's one of those things you really don't have to tell. A team that you own them when you own them the way he owns them. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. That, that's like Mariano Rivera or I uh, no. Who was it? Yeah. Who was it that said uh, about the Yankees being. Uh, big, well,
2: Pedro big, said the Yankees are my Pedro daddy. Said.
8: Yeah. And he, you know, and he didn't have to say that. because We saw what happened against him. It's kind of like a dude making an error and going, my bad. Well, if you know you have to say my bad, everybody knows if you're bad.
2: Okay. I loved it. I thought it was great, but that's me. Of course, I would love to have a quarterback that's good on my team. What is that like?
8: Uh, You know, it's it's fun. I mean, you know, it's definitely fun. But uh, there's a certain point where it's like, man, you know, just and again, it just he's either been the most depressed dude in the league all these years, and we're seeing his true personality, or he's
2: like off the deep end. Maybe he's bipolar. Maybe.
8: yeah, I don't get where it's coming from. It's so different than what you when than what I think of when I think of, of Aaron
2: Rodgers. Mike Mullis joining us on the fixed NC live line. Pirates coming off a of bye, They get a crack at Dana Holgerson and the Houston Cougars, who are receiving votes in the top twenty-five. They've won five in a row since losing to Texas Tech. They got a huge game with SMU coming up next week, and uh, Cincinnati not on the schedule. So if you're a Houston fan right now, you're thinking uh, you get by ECU. You win that huge one against top twenty five SMU, you're kind of cruising right along to the AAC championship to to get a date with the Bearcats. Uh ECU can not only spoil that, but also held their bowl chances with a win on Saturday. What do you think about this one?
8: Yeah, I again man, we've talked about it. I, I don't know what to think. Like which which team shows up, Yeah. Which, uh, what you know, where's Houston gonna be Ben the league? Uh, I mean all these things i i I really truly could i don't know what to think i obviously uh think I would like to see us win, but at the same time uh, i don't know i don't know how you call it because there has been just so many ups and downs
2: that it has inconsistency uh missed opportunities some phrases and words we've used quite a bit with pirate football here in 2021 molly uh enjoyed the chat uh well let's uh what do you Let's go back to baseball to wrap it up what do you think about these series you got the astros and red sox coming up at 508 uh series tied at two last game in fenway coming up today and then dodgers braves braves a 2-1 lead dodgers with the momentum uh, what do you think about these series and, and your uh, your picks for this?
8: I mean, I still have to stay stay the course. Dodgers, Astros in the World Series. I, I and look. I'd love to see the Braves in, but I'm going to tell you, if we can get those two teams in the World Series, uh, the hatred will be palpable and the atmosphere will be absolutely electric, especially in LA.
2: Yeah. All right. Let the hate run through you, Mike Mullis. Thanks for joining us today. Always appreciate it, buddy. Yep. Talk to you soon, Bob there is mully joining us on the fixed nc line he had an opportunity chandler to do the the mully impression right there to him and what he, was up?
4: what was i supposed to say
2: <laughs> exactly you made me I mean, do, you put me
4: on the spot what am i supposed to say to
2: him you made me do it well you can do it good you can do it just as good as i can that's pretty that's way better than me so uh enjoyed uh chat with son mully. <laughs> son we got uh, some baseball coming up at five oh eight. Red Sox and Astros. We will take a timeout. Come back and have more for you on Pirate Radio Live. We will uh, let's hear from some Pirate players when we return. Miles Berry, and if we have time, Tyler Sneed. We'll do that when we return on Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. Back with you after this.
0: listening to hour two of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show
4: welcome back town insurance is your premier independent insurance agency for maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk Town and town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756 8300 today. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Rock.
2: Alrighty. Back inside the Pirate Radio studio studios. Here on a Wednesday studios, studios. On a Wednesday. Uh let's get into our Bud Light ECU report. Brought to you by Bud Light. We'll be with you on the Bud Light pregame tailgate coming up Saturday at noon. So check us out then, taking you up to the 4 o'clock kickoff, Pirates and Cougars of Houston going at it. And uh, be a great time to enjoy an ice cold Bud Light at your local retailer this Saturday when the Pirates are back on the field. Miles Berry will be on the field for the Pirates. East Carolina linebacker, he caught up with the media on Tuesday. Let's hear what the Pirate LB had to say.
9: Miles, uh, how much good did the bi-week do just to get away and maybe rest up a little
10: bit? Oh it was great, you know, just stepping away from football and and I uh, being able to you know sleep and just do catch up on homework, whatever you needed to do. Also for your body, uh, just giving it a chance to rest and um, you know just recoup. And it was it was good for a lot of us.
9: How much do you think that? led to maybe some more energy in Sunday night's practice, but more so maybe today and, and bringing back that physicality this week leading up to Houston.
10: Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, with the break, it was we're going to have more energy and, uh, and just getting back on the field and attacking it and, you know, 1-0 this week is, is what we keep on um, just emphasizing. And, you know, with the bye week coming out of that, I feel like that's just going to make us even more physical, even more energetic.
7: As well, this defense continues to improve, uh, where do you feel like you have to have to be solid against a team like, uh, like Houston coming up here?
10: Well, Houston is a, has a very dynamic offense. Their passing game is very strong, uh, but we, you know we got to stop the run. Got to um, attack attack the quarterback, and I uh, get him into third down situations early in the game just to uh, rattle him. Uh, but really. We just got to finish games. You know, that's the main thing with defense. Uh, you know, we've been playing well first three quarters, even the fourth quarter, but we just have to finish. Uh, we have to and get off the field on third down and fourth down and finish these balls game, ball games to get these wins.
9: Miles, you guys have played pretty well on the road so far. How, how different is the team's personality, would you say, on a road week versus a home week? And For us, our personality.
10: Yeah. Person- yeah. um Really, we just we know that going into another environment that is going to be it's going to be difficult and getting road wins is very tough. So really, we just have to keep the energy in between ourselves. And I know that like, we are the root for our energy and just depend on each other and lean on each other.
9: You feel like it is kind of a different mindset when you know you're going to play a really good team too. I mean, yeah, really, you almost have to lock in even more. Maybe. Yeah,
10: most definitely. You know, going into another opponent's house, their territory, you know, they have home field advantage. So that's what I'm saying. We really got to lock in with each other, and you know, be able to almost read each other's minds, you know, and and generate off each other just so we can get that energy and and compete.
11: Coach was talking about kind of a mid-season grade on you guys, kind of walked through the six games. Mm-hmm. Did you guys
10: get a chance to do that? Where, how, how are you feeling midway? Yeah, um, it was good. Uh, I know Coach Harrell, he sat down with all the linebackers individually, and I know all the respective coaches sat down with their uh, players individually. But it was good. It just gives you a chance to reflect on the season, reflect on what you've done good, what you need to improve on, and knowing that and taking all that information going into the second uh, part of the season is good, and I feel like it it only increases, you know, our play and and our molding on the team.
11: What does it take to eliminate explosives against? I know offense is always trying to build the big explosive plays. What what is How does a defense work together to try and alleviate some of those?
10: Really just doing your job, Um, you know, getting the call, making sure you you know your responsibility, have the correct alignment, and and doing your job. When you do your job, explosive plays can't happen, you know, and and even if they do happen, then next play, next play mentality, and lining down and doing it all over again.
7: I know you guys want everybody to take East Carolina seriously. Talk about how big a win against a team like Houston would be for you.
10: I think it will be huge. Uh, it will be, for one thing, it's a, it's a win in the conference, and that tells our conference that we're not, you know, the same East Carolina that we used to be and that we are a serious team and a serious uh, program in our conference and in our league. Um, but this game is as big as any other game that we've had. You know, we just, like I said, we just have to go 1-0 this week and, and keep it pushing, keep it moving.
9: The UCF game being so close, like the, I know you're trying to move on, but does it yeah. also kind of fuel you at the same time? Oh,
10: Most definitely, you know, that hurt me. That hurt me bad, uh, especially being on the field that last minute and uh, that last drive. Um, but like I said, that's just um, – we just got to finish games, you know, and, and it's a learning experience and we just have to move on from it. Um, but like I said, that's a mistake. and. Uh, we just have to learn from that and going into these next couple of games we will always have that in the back of our mind, you know, that we just got to finish. So
5: in the past, I know it stinks mm. to not execute in that situation. In the past, it seems like there's been a lot of times we haven't even been in games yeah. at the end. How great did it feel to at least be in that scenario against a team like UCF?
10: It felt great, you know, in, in my experience here, I've never came that close to beating UCF, you know, and because we were that close, that's why it hurt so bad that we didn't finish it, you know. But... um. That game in itself just lets you know that we are not the same team that we used to be, and that we are, we are seriously climbing the ranks. We're changing the culture here, and we are a team that is to be reckoned with in our conference.
2: All right, that is Pirate linebacker Miles Berry. You could listen to him talk all day. Very uh, intelligent young man and uh, a great player as well. Let's hear now from Tyler Sneed, East Carolina wide receiver. You can hear him every Monday. Here on Pirate Radio Live, he uh, took some questions and answered those questions yesterday from the media.
1: Here's how it sounded.
7: Tyler, you got Houston coming up. Uh, big ball game for you guys. Talk about what, what your team has to do to do well against them.
1: You know, just, just stick to what we've been doing and just play our game. You know, um, I think sometimes we can get away from that, but, you know, that's just coming in practice and just doing what you're supposed to do. You know, we got a plan in there and we just got to go execute it.
9: Watching them a few times this year, they seem to have a really good defense. Talk about the challenge it'll be on Saturday.
1: Definitely a challenge. You know, I think they got fourth-ranked defense nationally. So, uh, no, they're they're a good team um, overall, you know, but, you know, we look forward to the challenge, and uh, I'm excited to see what we can do.
9: How different is it life as a receiver, though, when you know teams are – targeting you on a lot of plays and trying to take you out uh, of that pass progression. Uh, how different is it and how, how much tougher is it when, when you know teams are keying on you?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely tougher. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's still my job to get open and uh, get open for Holton. And if that's not my job and my job is to be a decoy, then I'm going to do that, you know, just help other people get open and uh, do what I can do to help us win. So.
9: How did you spend the bye week uh, Friday, Saturday, and do you feel uh, refreshed going into this thing?
1: Definitely feel refreshed. You know, I only live like an hour, hour and a half away, so I went home. Uh, my grandma came over and cooked for me, so I got to eat good. Brought a lot back, so uh, I'm ready to go. Tyler, Where's do you go? feel like go ahead, go. mashed potatoes, green beans, mac and cheese, lima beans, everything. Gotcha.
3: <laughs> Tyler, do you feel like uh, the bye week came at the right time for you guys at the season to kind of reassess things of where you guys are right now?
1: Definitely, you know, I think just coming off the, the UCF loss in such a close game, we needed a bye week, um, you know, sometimes that can hurt just, you know, soaking in that and how close it was, but I think we got over it pretty quick, and we just look forward um, to Houston.
9: Being in that situation, I had some this, but I know you would move on, but does it kind of fuel you, too, to finish next time in that situation as a team?
1: Definitely, you know, I feel like we outplayed them, uh, basically the whole game, uh, at least for me, I, I mean, I feel like they would say the same, but... um, you know, that one That one hurts more than getting blown out to me personally just because it's, it's like you were that close, you knew you had the game. But, um, you know, you just take it out here and it fuels you to just, you know, you don't want to have another close one like that. You want to, you want to either blow a team out or put it away. So uh, definitely going into practice, we'll, we'll work on that.
7: How close is this team to getting on a roll, a bit of a roll, and try to, you know, you won three in a row there for a while and mm-hmm. had it cooking pretty well and been close in all of these games. But how close do you feel this team is to – Uh, getting on a bit of a roll again.
1: Yeah, no, I I think we're right there. You know, I I felt like in South Carolina, I felt like that gave us confidence even though we didn't win. Um, Just coming out the the week after that, you know, at practice, I think that boosted our confidence, you know, that being an SEC team and us playing like that. And then we did win three straight, and then going into conference, uh, Tulane had had a pretty big win, and then UCF, like that, like, we said we, we felt like we had it. It was close. But um, just building on confidence, you know, this week is a huge week, especially because they're one of the top teams in the conference. So going in there away if we if we do get that win, the confidence will be boosted a lot, and hopefully that can spring us to a role.
11: What is it that makes this offense execute? Because sometimes you guys look like you can't be stopped. And right. Sometimes you just start this close.
1: I think it's, I really think it's just little things, you know, um, being on the same page and just executing, you know, I heard him say, like, doing your job, um, just everybody's got a job to do, and, you know, if one person might mess up, you know, if I make a, a wrong read or something, then uh, that could affect the whole play, so just everybody being on the same page and, and doing what they're supposed to do, I think we got to work on that in practice and uh, just just be on the same page, be better.
11: What are you seeing in the receiving room? I feel like a couple guys have kind of stepped up, mm-hmm. but. The last couple games, for right. sure. Um, are you seeing kind of the group finding it?
1: Oh yeah, I think you know Audie Omotosho, He he stepped up big in my in my opinion. He does it every day in practice, so you know it just translates over to the game, and, and it's getting easier for him. Um, and then you know Josiah Hatfield and some of the younger guys. They're all, I mean, they're all doing great. They go out there and practice and they, they practice hard and make plays in practice, so it all translates over.
11: Coach was talking about how they got one of the best return guys in the country. Mm-hmm. What does that does that put something on you? to kind of match him, to keep you guys in the
1: right spots and and field position-wise? Yeah, no, he's definitely one of the best. You know, I've watched him. I'm sure you guys have seen some of his take. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know it's going to be a field position battle, you know, with special teams, and uh, I just got to do my best to try and match him. Um, But it's it's like a challenge. You know, like their defense is, is a challenge, and I look forward to it.
8: What's the chance of Grandma cooking for us? <laughs> she she had
1: she had place for fourteen people, so I got all that back here. Um, me and my roommates are putting a dent in that. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to stop by oh yeah. If it works, you're gonna have to cook for you
11: every week, man. <laughs> <laughs> I would be fine with that.
2: Tyler Sneed talking food and football this week uh, at. Over at uh, the press conference on Tuesday. Coming up uh, later on today, make sure you're locked into uh, our social media sites and YouTube. You'll be able to watch Mike Houston's post-practice uh, press conference, Mike Houston's post-practice comments. Also, Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Harrell. Sometimes I need to slow down. You've, had, you've been having some tongue twisters lately. I know, man. I'm a little off the game There was something today. The day, oh, you said popcorn or something in the back. uh, speaking of popcorn thanks for bringing us uh, a whole lot of popcorn that you spent an insane amount of money for no it it was nothing (laughs) (laughs) you're like broke the rest of the month ah no i'm fine man okay you're doing good that's gonna be my dinner for the rest of the month (laughs) what you having tonight Eh, a little corn yeah maybe you should uh find different ways to prepare popcorn maybe add it to an uh And use it as pasta under your uh, spaghetti and meatball. Instead of spaghetti, you got popcorn. Good idea. Instead of rice and, uh, I don't know, maybe you do a pot roast. Throw some uh, popcorn in there. Cool. Neat idea. All right. We'll take a time out. When we return, Chandler is gone full-blown Hornet Man today. The Hornets taking on the Pacers tonight in the spectrum center we will talk about the squad the game and the eastern conference and more when we return on pirate radio live we're back with you after this
0: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at UniversitySportswearENC.com. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. You work hard for your money, and at Carolina Wealth Management, we believe that your money should work hard for you. Do you know if it is? To learn more about your investment portfolio, go to MyCarolinaWealth.com to schedule a free consultation. That's MyCarolinaWealth.com. Now, let's head back into PRL. Here's your
2: host, Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Now, um, Benjamin Albright, who is an NFL reporter in Denver. So, we mentioned earlier that there, there's a lot of talk about a potential to, uh, or excuse me, Deshaun Watson to Miami deal and i don't know where that would leave tua you would assume he would be involved in the deal but if not uh he benjamin albright now says that washington and denver are he's hearing some chatter Uh about possibility landing spots Uh for tua what what's your excitement level one through ten for Tua for a
4: potential deshaun watson as a football teamer
2: you mean Tua? No, uh, yeah, Tua. Sorry. Um, around a Tua. All right. Let's see what Spencer Percy has to say. <laughs> about that. I mean, I'm kind of serious. I'm not that excited about Tua
4: yeah, that, in Washington. That was a good joke too. <laughs> Thanks, Chandler. And
2: it's even better that you actually have. <laughs> I mean, at a two on the on the scale. I mean, a two and a half. A Tua and a half. Tua and a half. Uh, yeah, I don't know about Tua. Um i am not i'm not i I don't think anything could get me excited unless i see dan snyder selling the team that's the only thing at this point see it was two years ago i said i wasn't going to follow him anymore until they fired bruce allen they did that and it got me back on board they brought in rivera how long was your holdout it was uh it was weeks it was several weeks where i didn't watch them and didn't didn't care didn't invest this little old heart of mine to the team. This little old heart of mine can't take much more. I got to say that, Chandler. Mm. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm out unless Dan Snyder sells the team. Uh, let's see. Uh, hey, because I got another team to root for, Chandler. The Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets. 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 Are back tonight. Uh, they'll take on the Indiana Pacers. Let's talk some Hornets hoops now with... Spencer Percy from the Buzz Beat Podcast. He joins us on the Fixed N C Live line. Spencer, uh, happy game day to you. How you doing, man? Doing great. Uh great to have the NBA
6: back. And could have an, an interesting Hornet season uh upon us <laughs> here. Some high
2: hopes, so Yeah. Well, interesting. Uh could go a number of different ways. And uh pretty interesting last week the way the Hornets finished off the preseason getting blown out, Spencer. Do you I mean, does that mean anything heading into this season opener in this season? Is it just a kind of a, a weird night, or is it something to be concerned about?
6: Yeah, I don't, I don't really think too much to be concerned about. Of course, you know, when you lose by 70, that's, uh, it's hard not to notice, right? Just, just throw it away. But, you know, no Miles. LaMelo played basically a quarter. No Gordon Hayward. Uh, you know, this team was, was down really four of its best five players. So I wouldn't put a lot of stock into that game. Um, Now, what it probably does tell us is that the bench is going to struggle this year. I think we probably already knew that that the bench was going to be short on shooting. Um, It's going to depend a lot on James Bucknight. You know, know, deep rotational players like Jalen McDaniels did not look good at all in the preseason. So I I wouldn't say it's it's not nothing, but it's nothing I would be concerned about uh, assuming general health for Charlotte this year. That group
5: that you saw in the last preseason game, is
2: most of those guys aren't really going to see the floor much this season. Spencer Percy joining us, BuzzBeat Podcast. The Hornets had a dramatic collapse towards the end of the regular season, and, of course, that put them in a bad position in the play-in game. They lost that, and uh, and that was it for last season. So uh, one of the big reasons for that, Gordon Hayward, of course, not playing at the end of last year. How's the, the health of this this core group the Hornets have Heading into the season, Spencer, are all the weapons available to start the season?
6: Yeah, everyone should be good to go. Uh, you know, Rose uh, was doing non-contact things uh, in practice you know, earlier this week, but Borrego thinks he'll be ready to go. Gordon Hayward, you know, was out with uh, COVID. You know, health and safety protocols. Not really sure exactly what that was all about, but he's been cleared, uh, so he's working his way back. Miles Bridges had the, the minor scare with his knee in the preseason. He appears to be ready to go. So yeah, it looks like this squad is, is pretty much at, at full health uh to start the season. And, you know, they're gonna need it. Indiana's it's a tough matchup uh to start the year. You know, DeMont Sabonis and Miles Turner, we already know the Hornets are probably going to struggle on the glass again this year and no better way to start <laughs> when that's uh when that's your sore spot against two of the bruisers in the NBA at Sabonis and, and Turner. So Uh, You know, Miles Blumley will – or excuse me, Mitch Blumley will have his hands full tomorrow uh, around the glass. Or tonight, rather, around the glass.
2: Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward going to have to to really spark this team. And you mentioned Miles Bridges as well. Uh, Hopefully uh, fully healthy, ready to go. And then there's the, the sophomore season of LaMelo Ball on tap, which we're excited to see. What, uh, what are the expectations for him, Spencer? How does he get better uh, than he did where he had a really good rookie year for Charlotte?
6: Yeah, he did. You know, I think it, it starts with, you know, shooting the, shooting the ball at about 34 35% from behind the arc last year was, I think, fair to say ahead of schedule for LaMelo. Um, did not have a good preseason shooting the basketball. So, you know, how, can he keep pace? with where he started shooting the ball last year. I think that's a big question mark for him. You know, the absence of Devontae Graham, I think, brings a lot of things to the forefront with LaMelo Ball. Um, you know, if you watched the Hornets casually last year, and not not every night, you might not have realized, but, you know, James Borrego didn't didn't finish games with LaMelo Ball um, consistently. Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier would, would take those two backcourt spots in leverage minutes, uh, close games. A lot of nights, you know that's Hornets don't have that luxury this year. You know, Lamelo Ball is going to have to play at the end of games. He's going to have to be the offensive initiator. He's going to have to navigate. You know, defenses sagging under ball screens on him and forcing him to 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 really prove it. He can can make that outside shot. So, you know, I think the Hornets' offense, James Borrego, we know they want to play fast. They, They want to push the pace. That's what Lamelo does best. But. You know, the, the, the film is out on him. scout is out on him. You want to slow this group down. You, you know, you want to kind of pack it in, so to speak, defensively and, and make LaMelo beat you from the outside. Uh, that's, that's something to watch this year for him, probably the biggest uh, aspect more
2: than anything. Spencer Percy joining us. Spencer, of the newcomers, who makes an immediate impact? Who makes a big impact for the Hornets? Who are they counting on this season? When you look at, we've already mentioned Plumlee, on the inside but guys like Kelly Oubre uh I guess Ish Smith and then the the rookies uh with Book Knight who you mentioned a moment ago Kai Jones and then JT Thor like out of that group who's you know who's a key member of this Hornets team if they want to have success this year well
6: I think all the guys you mentioned outside of Thor and Kai Jones I, I don't I don't see a lot of playing time for either one of those guys Specifically Thor, I don't really think you'll see him much at all this season, but you'll see him down in Greensboro um, for, for the G League team. Jones maybe, depending on some injuries, but look, let's start with Mason Plumlee. Uh, he's really, <laughs> I mean, you could say Nick Richards and Vernon Carey, yes, those guys are true centers. Don't expect them to play a lot at all. So Mason Plumley has got to play pretty big... Uh, minutes for Charlotte in the middle this year. Now, he hasn't, you know, traditionally he's been available. He's not been an injury-riddled player, which the Hornets had to deal with for with Cody Zeller for so long. So, you know, availability might be, uh, you know, Mason Plumley's greatest attribute. You know, what he brings to the team, we'll see. Good passer, uh, average defender. But, again, availability, not having to give those minutes to Bismack Biambo. Um... Uh, you know, I think the rookie Booknight—he's got to kind of play that Malik Monk role. Uh, he's going to have to come off the bench. He might have to play some spot, you know, ball handling moments, um, depending on how Ish Smith is is going along on a night-to-night basis. I mean, Booknight's going to have to score off the bench for this group uh, again. It, it's uh, it is a very thin bench from an offensive perspective. I think Booknight will have to fill the role there. You know, Ish Smith—he's 33-year-old veteran point guard. Uh, he's shot out of a cannon, speed, pace, tempo, probably his greatest attribute, attribute offensively. You know, But he's very, very small, so he doesn't give you much on the other end of the floor. But he's a good fit for what Toronto wants to do. And again, that play-up tempo. Uh, he'll help that second unit come in and pick up where the few, first unit likely is going to be leaving off uh, when you see those first subs on a nightly basis. And then, who am I missing here? Oh, of course, Kelly Oubre, to me... I think he's the most important newcomer on this roster. He gives Charlotte the defensive versatility in terms of a guy that can guard probably one through four, massive wingspan. Really the defenders that this team is going to have to depend on to swallow the ball off, keep the ball in front, and allow Charlotte to just switch across four positions traditionally and not junk up their defense so much like we, like we saw last season. Far and beyond, leading, uh, excuse me, league leading in zone defense. So hopefully, Oubre comes in gives them stability there, so they don't have to
2: play so much junk defense. Great insight from Spencer Percy, Busby Podcast. Joining us today as the Hornets take on the Pacers tonight. You look at the Eastern Conference. You got, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champs. There, you've got some Kyrie issues in Brooklyn, Ben Simmons issues in Philadelphia. Uh, the Knicks were good last year, Celtics. So, like, where, where do the Hornets fit in? I, I mean, Hawks, Pacers, all these teams, Heat, uh, look like playoff contenders. So, the Hornets right there on the uh, on the outside looking in, do you think they're a top eight? Uh, where, do, where do you think the Hornets are, Spencer? Yeah, so I think it's
6: like it's like three tiers to eat. It's, it's Brooklyn, Milwaukee, there's your tier one, and then you've got the next tier, which is Boston, Philly, um I am in the car so forgive me on the second chair but look the hornets fall into a group of New York, Washington, Charlotte, you know these are the teams that are going to be vying for that 7 8 9 10 play in race. Yeah. Um I've got Charlotte at 39 wins and 43 losses this year. I think that's good for ninth in the East. So I think you find a back in that play in uh situation. Toronto's the other team I would say in Charlotte's here that, you know, you're really looking at. So it's like, you know, again, New York, Toronto, Washington, Charlotte, you know, who who emerges to the top of that group, I think, is is probably who falls seven and eight in the East. But I, I do think Charlotte's probably headed back to a play in situation.
2: Spencer Percy joining us. Spencer, great stuff as always, man. We'll uh talk to you uh, here and there throughout this season, talking some hoops. So, uh, when are you guys? I guess you you got another podcast rolling out soon?
5: Yeah, just released
6: one today. Uh, BuzzBee Podcast is really our, our season's preview. Myself, Richie Randall, uh, Lee Branscombe. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, and we will be multiple times per week, you know, all season. So, we're at BuzzBee Pod uh, on Twitter. You can follow me at TCH Spencer. So, getting ready to, to crank it up here.
2: Awesome stuff. You can uh, follow Spencer on Twitter at QCHSpencer. Great uh, basketball stuff. He'll uh, tweet out some Red Sox stuff every now and then. How about a Braves-Red Sox uh, World Series, Spencer? Well, Let's do it. I'm,
6: I'm really rooting for it. I'm excited. I have my best friend's a big Braves fan. We've already <laughs> kind of floated the idea of driving down to Atlanta. So well, there you go. Red
2: Sox are hot. Good stuff. All right, Spencer, thanks for joining us, man. We'll uh, talk again soon. See you,
6: man. Thanks.
2: Spencer Percy, BuzzBeat Podcast joining us. Hornets and Pacers going at it tonight. Game one of a long NBA season uh, gets underway. Last night, the Bucks got their bling rings and uh, took down the Nets. And then the Warriors uh, came back to beat the Lakers. Uh, first game we had seen the old folks home there in L.A. with LeBron, A.D., uh, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook. So, I'm sure they'll figure things out as the season rolls along, but last night uh, didn't work out in Game One. Let's take a time out. We will come back have Hour Three of Pirate Radio Live for you. Troy D is back from his Illinois excursion. We'll recap that trip. We'll talk Pirates and Cougars and have more for you. Hour Three of Pirate Radio Live will also make you a winner. It's all ahead when we return after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates. And proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting. Signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more is signs and tint. Be sure to stop by their office at 801 Staten Road in Greenville. Or you can book an appointment Online at signsintent.com. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock.
2: Alrighty, hour three of this Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Usually it's Bryce Williams time. We talked to Bryce Tuesday. He'll rejoin us next Wednesday. It is Troy D time here in the Pirate Radio Studios as he is back. Good to see you, Clip. And Man, ready to roll. I'm all messed up. You know how when
12: you miss a Monday, it gets you and then your Tuesday becomes your Monday. The whole week? The whole week's yeah. messed up. So I'm like, <clears throat> I don't even know what day, like, and then I was like, is today Thursday? Because
2: then, like, it's been a lot in, like, two days. Especially with you, you, uh, sometimes time mystifies you, Troy. Yeah, so. Can you believe we only have one week of October left? No, I haven't even thought about it. I had not looked that far ahead. I'm just trying to get through this
12: week, Clip. (laughs) I don't want to blow your mind. I'm literally taking it a week at a time because I don't even know what day it is this week, so I don't want to worry about next week. We'll worry about that. But is next week the last week of October?
2: It is the last full Damn, week of, of October. Are you serious? Halloween will be that wow. uh, not this Sunday, but the following <laughs> yeah. Sunday. That is b- mind blowing for real. Your mind has been blown. Like
12: and then when then we're in November. <clears throat> it's the holidays. You know that goes quick, and then you have like that non-weekend of Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving's that Thursday. Then we got a game that Friday. So Thanksgiving on a Thursday this year? It is. They okay. decided to do it on Thursday again All this right. year, and then so that work week going into Thanksgiving is kind of a. Sloppy week, anyway. Yeah, you know everyone's half-assing it that week, a holiday week. You're right. And then you're in December, and then you're going to half-ass it the week of Christmas through
2: New Year's. So there's really only three weeks of December. This year's gone, buddy. It's okay. gone. Yep. If you want, if you did not get started on your resolutions, you might as well just punt until 2022. Hundred percent. All right. Uh, That's why I'm working
12: out for next summer now.
2: You're getting your uh, your work in now.
12: Yeah, I'm getting my work in now for summer of 20. 20- 22 good to hear good to hear how are you handling the uh darkness and all that uh very actually it's very disturbing and upsetting to me that it's getting dark so early now and the time hasn't even changed yet i'm dreading the time change which is coming up sometime soon i think first week in november but without the time change it's already getting dark early very early and i am not a fan i think it's terrible and i told you that i think something should be done about this like we do away with daylight savings time because it's only going
4: to get worse once we switch clocks
12: we, yeah. fall
7: back
4: in a month it'll be dark right now right be awful all I right. A, yeah i hate it too
12: Be in a full-blown depression by then clip get your uh, light box back i know out, right? i'm gonna
2: need one of these just in my face all the time <laughs> <God>. <laughs> all right i feel that way every day now so. yeah all right uh troy we'll talk about your uh, i want to talk about your illinois trip yeah interesting trip well uh we'll st- start with the pirates how you feeling so let me get this straight first are you going to be here friday yeah yes. i'll be here friday i believe in the five o'clock hour right
12: or three o'clock Wait, no, friday at three friday so. at three with yes. rick smith yes i'll be here friday three with rick smith and uh i'll go over my feelings then for pirate football for the game for the houston. houston game yeah yes but uh have you taken a look a lot, at- a lot of houston east carolina tie-ins by the way that's right we're going to houston we have a coach named houston we have a social media director named Houston. Houston McCullough will be on the trip. Yeah. Their stadium is named TDECU. It's crazy.
2: A lot of hey, weird, it's local politics wild stuff. It is
12: local politics. A lot of conspiracies
2: going on about well, that, all this. There is some facts to that. Where's Shirley when you need oh, it? Ah, Chandler, not mm. ready to roll on that one. That's all right, Chandler. All right. I threw he's, you a curveball. This, this is why
4: he's coming in off the bullpen and not a starter. Here. You were expecting the heater. You got a curve. I haven't had to use this one yet, and I don't know where she put it. That's fine. Don't local, worry
2: politics, local politics, bud. Local politics, bud. Oh, there's local politics, bud. Thank you, Larry yes, so in Texas. Wonderful, Larry will be. And in Larry,
12: game. who is also in Texas, <laughs> it's crazy. Could man. be living in Houston.
2: Could be for all we know. Tie. For all we know, yeah. There's local politics, bud. So Houston Troy D is five and one. Yeah. They got the season started off. The only game I've watched of Houston this year was when they played Texas Tech. They lost. So I kind of said, "All right, same old Houston. Don't need to really worry about them." They've won five in a row They've since been on fire then. Fire since then. They have a top 10, 15 defense, depending on where you look. Yeah. And are uh, only giving up sixteen points a game. So your old friend uh, Dana Hogerson. Yeah. Uh, Captain Scullet. Yeah, he's still got that that style. He's yeah. rocking. And, Which it looks uh, great on him, though. It does. I it, tell you, he wouldn't look right like with the
12: crew cut or shaved head. I think he needs to have that. It looks like he
2: has a visor that comes with like hair. stringy hair yeah. behind it. Yeah, I like. I think the look looks good on him. Yeah, he can, he can rock it. A lot of people couldn't, myself right. included. And if you decided to go with flowing hair I, down the back, I've considered
12: be, it for next year. <laughs> we talked about this off the air. Okay. Just to throw a crazy Ivan out there, like, what if I grew, because I do have a lot of hair, it's just in the back. What if I grew it That's out? That's one of my favorite lines like a, that you like say. A, well, it, it's crazy. You have a lot of hair. I've got to shave my head, like, all the time, because otherwise it gets really hairy, for real. Like, I'm a guy that shaved my head. He's like, man, how do you have so much hair? So,
7: <laughs>
12: You're a barber. It's just up top. That I struggle with. (laughs) Your barber is shocked at the amount of hair (laughs) you have. Exactly. For a guy that doesn't have as much up top. Holy moly. Um,
2: I've heard it all. So
12: I've got to shave it and remain bald, is what I'm saying. I got you. You know, otherwise I do look, you know, but I could grow this. I I would probably go more uh, mullet where it's close on the sides. Yeah. In the top, obviously. And then grow out the back. Kind of like Dana. Well, that is. I, I could. I mean, I think it would be a different look. I think I'd look probably like a. I don't know. I don't want to say what I was going to look like, but
2: like the uh, the mullet is kind of coming back. AJ Minner for the Braves. Like, mean, there's a lot of football players too. They take their helmets off and when they have long hair. So you assume it's like Bryce Williams long, yeah. but it's uh, it's mullet style. Like it's becoming a. Uh, it's yeah. back. Baby. I don't know.
12: I have to think about it. Yeah, because it's going to take some commitment still to mm-hmm. let it grow that long. You're not going to do it. You're, you're not going to do it. Like yours is like you're at the point where you could grow it longer or you could cut it right now.
2: Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm going to be cutting mine here shortly. Yeah, you got some holiday stuff coming up. Uh, yeah, got to get those uh, Christmas picks ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, so uh, Pirates Houston, we'll get your uh, prediction coming up on Friday. Yeah. Or you know, one. sometimes right. these things come to you uh, in the evening, yeah, in the morning. Do. They You could put it out on I, social I'm media. Not, uh, I'm not saying that things going to
12: change. I'm I'm very worried and concerned right now but are you this nervous game? i'm not nervous i'm not nervous about this game i am concerned
2: again we did this before i don't remember where that is on the scale of like one thing is not that bad nervous is bad nervous don't is want to be bad. bad nervous is like a coat of red i think so it probably goes concern nervous worried or or is nervous the worst i'm not sure I'm very concerned. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we need to know. Can we get a yeah. color scale? That would help yeah, me out more. What? Where does red level? Yeah. <laughs> nervous, worried, concerned. I
12: guess scared would be the worst. Yeah. Would be kind of like your code red. It is Halloween scared. season, Troy. Day. Yeah. I'm not scared. Okay. And I'm not nervous. All right. I am firmly concerned.
2: Firmly concerned about this game in Houston. <laughs> Thank you, Chandler. <laughs> um. Pirates coming off a bye week, but so yes. is Houston, Troy. That's kind of a rare where I you know. get two teams
12: off the bye week. Like I was talking to Coach Houston about this. It was yeah. like, Man, first of all, it would be great
2: if Houston had a play and they you know Exactly. They get the benefit of bye week too. Also, Jeff and Charles pointed out they played the previous like Thursday. They actually got more rest than you got. And then he said it would be nice if we could play the Thursday night game coming off a of bye week. So uh, like
12: if we were playing this yeah. week was a Thursday night True. game. If we flip flopped it, it would have been better. Yep, but you know, and again, coach is always thinking like that. That hey, this w- would have been better if we could have done that, but it is what it is.
2: It is you know, what the schedule it is. is the schedule. Pirates uh, three and three heading into the second half of the season. Troy D with this a, a lot left in front of them. Not going to uh, have Houston on the schedule much longer, though. That's right. So,
12: oh, I want to. Yeah, I want to get it,
2: your enjoy this one while you can. And uh, you get people asking like, so what's your take on conference realignment? And I, I don't talk about it a lot on the show just because. I didn't think it would end up being a positive for East Carolina. Yeah. At the end of the day, I really don't care. Um, I get the the money aspect of it and everything for the university and, and all that, but we're gonna play whoever's on the schedule. I'm fine I'll be here on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, whether it's Houston or whether it's UTSA. Right. And it looks like it's gonna be UTSA. Yeah. And most and a I bunch guarantee ninety percent of our fans couldn't tell you what UTSA stands for. I would hope they could. Ninety percent of the fans
12: all right 80 (laughs) percent. couldn't tell you what utsa stands for
11: well they
2: could potentially uh should we ask the interns yeah yeah jalen jalen get the mic in utsa what college what does utsa stand for?
12: young college student in sports what does utsa stand for i I have no exactly thank you (laughs) the uh, the defense rest would you like to take a guess she's shaking her head no do you want to come up to the microphone no she's all right there's owen to start
4: out with university something D-
12: all right all right there all we go right. we got a little we got a little something going here clip after further review 95 percent of her fans <laughs>
2: don't know what utsa stands I for am, i am really disappointed in uh young jalen here yeah. today uh, uh but we need to talk about the conference stuff do
12: you know what it stands for University of Texas San Antonio is my guess. Oh man, the, the hesitation really.
4: Happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm guessing, I was like, oh no. I, think that's what I was going to say after further review, ninety nine percent. I
2: mean, I'm ninety percent sure that's right. It's not like they're a top twenty five team. Are they? They are. Oh wow, they're six and zero in the top twenty five. man Now I did not know that. And their nickname is the Roadrunners. That is correct. Correct, correct. Troy dude. Yeah nice i did not know. i didn't i
12: heard you talking about them in the top 20 i was like i, and I was like ah, they must be talking about someone else i didn't know i haven't looked at the top 20 lately i have just kind of top 25 it's gonna be a tough leg uh,
2: pirates still left out troy troy hasn't looked since 2014 the last time we were in it yeah top 25 is dead to him yep so good point all right so uh we'll get into that as well and your illinois trip let's take a time out uh chandler we'll come back We'll uh, get all that. We'll also make you a winner at the end of next segment. We'll open up the booty bag. Did Shirley leave you in charge of the booty bag today? Yeah. You are prepared? What are we giving away? Do you know yet? I do know, but we'll save it. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. A little surprise. I like it. A surprise booty bag. Yes, sir. Uh, We'll have that and more on the way on Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates. And proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for
4: the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at pr 927 f Join the close to 50,000 followers today at PR927FM.
2: Now, let's head back into Piratey Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, Chandler. Thank you, sir. Clip Rock, Troy D. here. Troy, uh, Pete Dammel from Yahoo Sports has been covering the conference expansion, realignment, shakeups, all of that. Uh, today, I'm sorry to interrupt. Was that Chandler or Muggsy
12: Bogues sitting over there?
11: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hey, i'm just so glad he. i knows. haven't seen
12: so much hornet's gear in my life so i know i'm glad he knows don't the name much of a hornet. hornet they don't sell much that, that much hornet's gear at the pro store
2: now chandler wasn't alive when muggsy played but that was a good pull there Troy. Yeah, right, that, was good <laughs> that was a good one that was a good one it's go hornet's ahead. game day baby hornets <laughs> and pacers dude. all right uh, respect your fandom yeah looking good looking yeah. very teal and purple over there all right sorry you were talking about uh pete pete Thamel. Thamel, Uh He said earlier today, the six conference USA schools. Oh, had what does he know? Headed to the American, received their formal invitations and term sheets this morning. Term sheets. Did I'm more, I, I like the formal invitation. Did uh, Mike Arisco use calligraphy pen, and they look all nice and neat. Uh, on behalf of the American well, Athletic we Conference, we would like to extend members.
12: the warmest of welcomes. We really love Texas, San Turner To, to uh, our newest members and newest Power Six conference members. The
2: AAC Board of Directors needs to rubber stamp this. That would be the final step in the American adding rice. Boy, oh, as Ron Burgundy would say, this escalated quickly. UTSA, North Texas, wow. UAB, FAU, and Charlotte. And if you had that on your betting card you're a winner on the parlay i mean this is uh no one i know
12: had those teams very underwhelming no seriously maybe one or two but no one i was talking to around here had those teams or necessarily was hoping for those teams
2: now the but, from what i've read i mean it does sound like adding these markets which is still stupid to me because nobody in Dallas cares about Rice. Correct. Or, you know, nobody right. in. It's all about streaming. Wherever it is, anyway, Houston. It seems like. Yeah. So uh, it's all dumb to so me. Many but fans apparently, does the school have. Who cares what city they're in? The deal that the Americans locked into with ESPN for the existing members will stay the same. Like, you won't lose any But who is saying that, by the way? I, I That's keep hearing that question. and
12: reading that. And I, here's my. Question, not to you, but just to anyone. Who is coming out and say, oh, the money's st-. Who said the money's the same? I haven't seen that reported by Mike Oresco or anyone official with the conference. Mm-hmm. Have you? I haven't heard anything from Mike Oresco. No, I've seen it. internet posters and people on Facebook saying the money stays the same. Hey, and I hope it does. But where are these people getting this information from? <clears throat> if they are, it's only from some media report or they're making it up. Nobody officially has said the money's the same. All right. And these contracts can be renegotiated. Who the hell knows what the money's going to be? Okay.
2: I call hogwash on this. I was trying to be at least a little bit positive about right. it.
12: No, and I hope it does stay the same. Mm. But I keep reading, I brought that up at lunch today. I'm like, all these people, well, oh, the money's the same. Who says? Says who? No one official was saying the money's the same. Were you
2: yelling at the lunch table? I,
12: yes, I was. <laughs> Says who?
2: <laughs> Those guys are in a big argument. Wonder the whole restaurant like looks I over. Sometimes. I'm just a loud it's a, talker. It's about the AAC expansion. Yeah. <laughs> um also uh, so going beyond this, so what's going to happen to Conference USA? See, I think this is part of the deal by maybe ESPN is to implode
12: Conference USA to have one less conference to mess around with, where half the conference comes to the American, the other half goes to the Mac or uh, Big—what is
2: it? What is the one— Sunbelt. 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 That was the one I was thinking of. Where you have one less conference. All right. Well, Pete Dammel says the Sunbelt is examining expansion. The league is considering adding up to four schools. Uh, They could be Southern Miss, Marshall, Old Dominion, and James Madison. So then then you would basically finish off Conference USA. Conference USA has reached out, reportedly, according to Pete Dammel, to James Madison and Liberty. And he says that would be a stabilizing factor for Marshall... To stay, and and ODU as well. And also in negotiations with Rose High School and D.H. Conley. So, yeah,
12: all this is... uh, But, I mean, it it, it is a trickle-down effect. Yeah. You know, it's eat or be eaten. The American has had a big bite taken out of it, and now it's time for the American to eat. Now, you may not like the taste of these teams.
2: And the meal got a lot worse. And you may not like what they're serving, but you're going to be eating it. It's a whole lot of Texas toast. Yeah. Because a lot of these schools are. You intense. may not
12: like it, but that's what you're getting, buddy. Yeah. But I'll say this clip. First of all, a few people I've talked to, they're like, well, why don't we just go independent? First of all, that is a zero sum game. That is a no go. I don't care how bad the American gets, it's better than being an independent. Independent is a road to nowhere when you're East Carolina, you cannot survive. Even BYU is getting out of the independent business. The only reason Notre Dame is still an independent is because they've been able to basically negotiate with the ACC where they get the double dip. They can stay as an independent for football, and then they could put all their other sports in the ACC. But that that's the anomaly. That's You cannot survive as an independent. There's a reason no one else is an independent. So take that off the table. Stop with the independent crap
2: talk, okay? But Jay says the money is the same. I'm talking about the independent. He the says first. if you go independent, the money's the same. <laughs> <laughs> he might be talking about something else. He might be talking about going independent. Yeah. <laughs> all
12: right. So that's number one. Number two, I talked to some big money donors, and they were like, look, this was like a year ago. They said, we, maybe we just can't compete in the AAC. Compete. We should dip down to the CUSA or be more competitive. I said, hold on a second. First of all, you don't want to step back. That That, that feels like a failure right there. And I said, just hold your horses, because you might get your wish. Because instead of stepping back, just stay where you are, <laughs> yeah. and the conference may end up being a diluted, watered-down version of the American, which will turn into kind of half-American, half-Conference USA anyway, and you might get your wish without having to go anywhere, Yeah, which is exactly what's happened now. So those people that thought we can't compete in the AAC and that it was too hard and it was just not set up for us, now they're – as I said, it kind of played out exactly how I thought it would – Where, if this shakeout happens, that basically the American is turning into a glorified, fancier, nicer Conference USA.
2: We had the original Conference USA in the late 90s, 2000s, and then it went to Conference USA 2.0 once that's got rated by the ACC, Big 12, you know, whoever. And now we are, we went to the American. Now we're back. We were technically invited to the Big East. We were in the Big East for a weekend. Yeah. It counts. (laughs) And now we're going to Conference USA 3.0, it appears. Correct. Which is a lot like 2.0. But I do think, and look, as we joke about local politics, there is a lot
12: of politics involved in this. Local politics, bud. Chandler, a lot of politics involved. There's local politics, bud. There's national politics involved, too. And look, you have no idea what's going on, what Mike Oresko is being told by ESPN as he tries to salvage this thing. And, hey, if you do this, this, we, we'll will help with the money here. Now, I think there's going to be exit fees that are going to be paid by the schools leaving, which will hopefully benefit schools like East Carolina that remain. Uh, there's going to be fees that are paid to join the conference. I remember when East Carolina had to join the American it was in the millions of dollars that the Pirates had to pony up. As they had
2: to pay it over time. Yeah, they did. They had to finance whatever. it. Yeah. It's like getting a car. Yep. We couldn't afford it all at once, but we got some good interest rates. What's the down payment to get into the Big 12? And, and
12: I heard that as an excuse from the old regime that there were reasons we couldn't do certain things because <clears> we were having to pay so much money to the conference for the entrance fees. But these new schools that are coming in will have to pay the money. Well, that money should go to the, the teams that stay. So there will be a—how they break that up, that's a Mike Resco question and what they end up doing with it. But you're also going to 14 teams, so whatever money you do get is going to be split by a lot more teams than what's in the American right now. Yeah. So if the money stays the same, as all these people like to say, isn't it
2: going to get cut up multiple ways? Well, that, that's, you know, the, what so I, I read, you and you may I not, don't your know Your payout who may it's not from, stay the same. But it said the existing schools would get the same—
7: Maybe and for, the new for a certain realize. amount of time, but maybe,
2: all yeah. these negotiations can be,
12: all these contracts can be renegotiated. I don't think there's anything written in stone now. When all these schools change, there's outs in these contracts of how they can renegotiate with ESPN and the money. And I'm just saying, I don't believe that. Oh, everything stays the same. I do think there'll be a period where maybe East Carolina will be getting more money than these new schools that are coming in,
2: that are you know the the freshmen, so to speak. Jay so, asking, did uh, Morgan Ayler's negotiate this conference realignment? You know, we're still working on that. How far to can, the? I cannot comment. I cannot comment on that. All right, no comment. There's local politics, bud. Do you think once this new conference is uh, intact, Troy, will Morgan still do a show on Pirate Radio? I cannot comment on that. <laughs> okay, all right.
6: There's local politics,
2: bud. <laughs> Uh, this is all I don't I don't know. Once again, but just looks, just win games. Here's my just, thing. just win. On the I'm field. just glad the American is the conference that's going to be sticking around
12: because you could be in Conference USA that's imploding right around now. you. Yeah. So we could be Southern Miss and not be stuck without a home. Yeah. I mean we we're, we were very we were very close to that. So, and we can all debate on what would have been the best teams to add. And I, I don't know. I you know. I'm not that excited about where we're going, but if, hey, look, if we could win. Now, here's the other thing. Just because it's watered down doesn't guarantee East Carolina's going to beat these teams. Uh, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. you could be adding some of these teams. I you don't think anybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, last time I checked, we, we struggled to compete against App right now. And they're in a lesser
2: conference than the American. A lot of people thought App should be a part of this deal. I would have loved to see seen App in Coastal. Just because I think that, that would
12: have been good for us on a regional basis,
2: it would have been. They would have been good, good football games for one, but also basketball and baseball as well. I think yeah. it would have been great across the board for the sports. Not that those matter to these decisions. It's just an expensive league to stay in. I mean, it but to play just, North Texas oh, in God. basketball and to play UTSA in baseball, <sighs> I like, know. And who cares about that? I, I know, but it's East Carolina, so we'll be watching the Pirates. Yeah. No but if we win,
12: goes. like as you said, UTSA is a top twenty-five <clears> program. <throat> I don't give a damn what conference we're in if we can win and be a top 25 team again. Yeah. Great. I'd love to be in a crappy conference with a top 25 program.
2: Sign me up. We might be there soon. Yeah. All right, uh, Chandler, we need to open up the Pyro Radio booty bag right now and reward the listeners for listening to this awesome program. And you're going to do that right now.
9: Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere.
2: All right, 317-1250. Chandler, what are we giving away? We're going to give away a $25 gift card to E&S Hemp Company. Sounds Sounds
4: good. I do agree with Jay Searles stating this on Facebook live. I didn't get
12: a chance to talk about this. He's right on the money about this. When all this conference stuff realigns and we have to take all these new members, so we need our conference to change their stance on non-qualifiers 100%. Yeah. Look, the game has changed. We don't have to be on the same rules as the ACC, screw the ACC and the SEC. Let's take whoever we need to take. That's why these schools in the Sun Belt and Conference, some of them are having big success because they can take non qualifiers. They need to eliminate that rule in the American. 100% on board. It will be the first question I ask Mike Oresco next time we get him on. All right,
2: 317 1250. Well, we'll do a uh, caller 10, 317 1250. Caller number 10, yep. $25 gift card. TNS Hemp Company will be back with more Pirate Radio Live after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, then kinetic physical therapy can help you get back on track and live well kinetic has national certified therapists for physical occupational speech and massage therapy on a state of a, a state-of-the-art facility on arlington boulevard in greenville visit kineticptgreenville.com today now let's oh excuse me congratulations to jay Searles of green uh of winterville the winner of a $25 gift card to ENS Hemp Company. Are you one who has been waiting before trying CBD? ENS Hemp is the area leader in CBD and they want to educate you on how their products work, get relief from stress, anxiety, fatigue, pain and PTSD today at ENS Hemp on Fire tower Road near Sam Jones Barbecue or online at Company.com. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio
2: Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday Clip Rock Troy D here with you Troy uh, talking conference realignment uh, a moment ago and it looks like the American are gonna add six teams to join the league and uh some old faces UAB rice uh UTSA was in the league with ECU for I think one season and then uh some new teams as well with uh, North Texas and and Charlotte and uh and the like so FAU will be an old face as well so once again Conference USA 3.0 reforming but we're not going to be on Facebook Troy FAU FIU we've added everyone but FU yeah Florida right that's who we're going for we're going for the FU yeah we're getting the IU we're getting close we're getting close to adding FU by the way uh and Troy I, I was reminded of this yesterday the uh, Willie Taggart coaches FAU. Remember when he was at USF? Yep. He ran up the score on East Carolina, or attempted to. They were I, throwing bombs in the game. I heard you guys talk about this yesterday, and that we was the this. game where what? you
12: and I were in here. Yep. And I said I thought the team should have stayed in Tampa. There was a hurricane headed this way, and it kind of missed Florida. Remember, it kind of came up here in this area. But go ahead, take the story from there.
2: Oh well, I just remembered that. Uh, we had to call an audible and end the show early. Yeah. Because, because the hurricane came i
12: like Coach Mo, I cared about the safety of my staff Thank and players. You. And I thought it was more important you guys get home than we continue. We, we made it. We've never done that before. We ended the postgame call-in show early, easily by an hour or so, an hour and a half early. We did a short postgame so we could all get home and be safe because the hurricane was on the way. And I thought the smart thing to do for the team at the time would have been stay in Tampa, come back the next day. Why are you flying into a hurricane? How dumb is that? Well, as fate would have it, you couldn't fly back into Greenville. Guess what? Because there was a hurricane, so they had to fly into Virginia to land, and then they had a bus back in a hurricane in a hurricane <laughs> on the high on this two-lane road, yeah. and they got stuck.
2: There was like a tree down or something. Yeah. I mean, if
12: that just wasn't, I was, I remember I was getting, I don't want to say the names of the people, but I was getting texts and pictures yeah. and messages from people on the bus that were like literally So It was like people help us, please get the word out. We're stuck. We haven't moved in an hour. Like, can you assist? So then we started putting messages out there on social media. The team is stuck on highway, whatever, you know, and then they had to spend the night I remember they ended up having to pull over, Mm -hmm. and they had to spend the night at a Motel 6. Remember?
11: Yeah. Yeah.
12: It was a complete disaster. If that wasn't the epitome of the Coach Mo tenure here, one bad decision leading to another bad decision leading to a bad outcome, I don't know what was. It was the manifestation of his entire coaching
2: career here on as a road trip. So we owe uh, a beat down to Willie Taggart is all I'm saying. It's not his fault, but... <laughs> all of that is his fault. But he did run off the score on us. So, uh,
12: didn't Mo say something to him at the end like something stupid? Like... I can't remember. That. I was. I remember there was something said at the end of the game
4: too, wasn't there? The thing uh, is, I don't think there was anything said. I think it was a quick handshake. Yeah. And uh, no, we walk
12: like call. No, didn't we do something dumb like call a timeout at the end when we shouldn't have? We should just let the clock. I, I That's swear, John Thompson. No, I remember like us calling. I remember Scotty, and maybe it wasn't that game, but calling a timeout when we should have just let the game end. Maybe that was like John
2: Thompson, Louisville. I want to say there wasn't a, sure. a situation for that like that too. Yeah. So. Uh, boy, love reliving those days. Yeah, Sorry thanks. about that, Pirates Thanks fans. a lot. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about more losers. Let's, damn damn uh, you, Clip. Let's go to Chicago. <laughs> Troy, how does it feel to be owned as a Bears fan well, see, by Aaron Rodgers? A lot of people don't realize.
12: I, I talked to them the, the McClaskies while I was up there and they're, the ownership. They, they actually gave some fractional shares to, to Aaron Rodgers. Rogers, so. Yeah. As a thank you gift, you know, so he actually does have partial ownership of the Bears.
2: He let it known, let it be known on Sunday.
12: Do we have that audio, by the way? Let me tell you what uh, they play, let me tell you what they played a lot of on Chicago sports radio. That cut. Oh really? Oh, about a hundred times. Could you hear? I mean, you can't hear that. You cut. could hear it. Oh yeah, okay. you could hear it. Yeah, they had the cut. It would be like something we would do. I, I it was, um, it was it did not go unnoticed. Let me say that. But I, I, it was funny. I was listening to the post-game show. At, first of all, Chicago started the game hot. They were only down by three and a half. It was a good game. I mean, it was a competitive no, game. No, it was. It the was, second was. half, they kind of let typical Bears, they let it, they, they play half-ass, they let it get away from them. They lose by 10. The post-game show, let me tell you this, and we, I've done hundreds if not thousands of either been a part of or listened to post-game shows yeah. over my 30-plus career, year career now. Um, the Chicago Bear post-game show, makes what we do look like a girl scout convention. <laughs> and when I say we, I mean the collective we, the pirate nation we. Yeah. People think folks are tough here. This is candy land. Up there, I just remember I mean now it is incredible radio listening sh- listenership to listen to this program. But I remember my son Tyler said, "Dad, it's if you didn't, if I didn't watch the game, I would have thought the Bears lost by 100 points." They, the 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 former players are all over them the hosts are all over them the fans are all over them they are uh Dan Hampton who's one of the legendary yeah. defensive guys for the Bears host is a co-host he's like one of you guys he's like the you up there he called he said Matt Nagy is absolutely brain dead brain dead should have been fired on the spot like for some of this stuff. And then it goes into his list of reasons why. Like, why do you have Khalil Mack? It's third down. You know, he's your star player. What is he doing on the sideline? You know, I mean, it's just a long list of stuff. Yeah. They absolutely crucified and and torched the coaching staff there. I mean, I've never heard anything so brutal. It's different, too, it's, because... It's a pro market. It's that's different. That's pro, yes. and this is college. Yeah. There is a big difference. I know. But the, the irony is, both teams are 3-3 three and three right now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they have their issues offensively. A lot of what they said, though, I've
12: heard like similar things. Yeah, like like, we're not scoring enough. We're not doing this. They, now you know, once again, it's a pro market. It's a different deal. I, I don't. It. They are very down on the coaching staff
2: there for a number of reasons and probably legit reasons. And they have been down. Hey, at least if you want to compare ECU to Chicago, we have had a good run on quarterbacks during my lifetime. And during your yeah. time following East Carolina, I feel like we still have Chicago a- has never had a good quarterback. Correct. I mean, Until even now, Jim hopefully. McMahon wasn't that good. No, he he was a good manager of the game. Jay Cutler had some decent stats. Yeah. We don't know if Justin Fields is going to be good, but they do have a guy that they can believe in. Yeah, But they have been suffering
11: ages. The for difference is ages.
12: there is like no hope up there
2: right now, Where at least there
12: is hope if you're a Pirate fan right now. There's still a lot to look forward to here with six games to go. You would have thought the season's
2: over for the Bears. Well, Are you listening, Nagy? That was kind of their – they had just won the week before, good win yeah. at Vegas. Yeah. So that was like the, hey, if we win this, we're for real. Or were the players distracted by the John Gruton? situation as that was his last game did they know it was coming i like the bears in vegas that day yeah. uh, due to that and liked them last week because of the interim i uh, was coaching and they ended up winning but anyway yeah the bears stink but fun experience though had a chance to
12: take uh, son to his first nfl game
2: now it's a you know, how was the um how was the Rutgers Northwestern? I was about game? to say, we're, Rug- are we going to get to that? So that
4: was
12: the one that like game laying
2: Saturday. in a park on a Saturday? Was it laid back? Uh, first of all, so Northwestern is a Big Ten team.
12: This is Big Ten football. And <laughs> once again, my 13 year old has great perspective on things. And we left the game. He's like, Dad, all these people that want to criticize Holt Nailers for not doing this or not doing that, he said, they should come up and watch this crap. <laughs> They'd be loving Holt Nailers right now. And he's right. It's quarterbacks for Rutgers and Northwest. They're just ho hum, average at best, yeah, and, and maybe below average. There's A lot of bad quarterbacks out there. Um, it was boring game. It was typical <laughs> Big Ten, just kind of not a lot of flash, somewhat low scoring. Did you know, Northwestern if, end up winning? They did, yeah. They won. Ended up winning their, the game. But this, what, what kind of I was surprised about because I, you know, it's in Evanston, which is a very nice part of the suburbs of Chicago. The stadium is an absolute dump. Really? Yes. I was shocked at how dumpy this and old the stadium was. It makes Dowdy Ficken look like the Taj Mahal. The tailgating doesn't hold a candle. To what we have here. Well, I would imagine that. It, yeah, it is, a, is it a
2: public institution. It's private. Okay. It is. It, it, they not, are the so Big Ten,
12: what, what Vanderbilt it probably is, the SEC. Well, they're not pumping what, right?
2: money into basketball or baseball. Well, they, like, what they, do they pump money into? They have into a to? brand
12: new basketball arena. Okay. And they have a pretty good football tradition. Now, I've been told that the person that donated the money, like Ryan Field, it's named after the Ryan family, they have now donated enough money, they're going to rebuild the stadium okay. after this season. So it desperately needs it. I think they're going to. Pretty much implode it and just rebuild it in that same spot. I don't even know if they're going to be able to play there next year. But uh, I was stunned for a Big Ten program how junk it was. The atmosphere was weird. So I I bought tickets in the end zone. The team comes out. I joked with uh, my kids and, and my nephew. I said, you know, a lot of people would just buy you a ticket, a seat to the game. If you really loved, you get a whole row. I said Uncle T. Uncle T buys you a whole section. There was nobody in our section. I meant to show you this video. It was completely empty, except for us. Pitiful. This is homecoming for them. And they come out. They've got this weird entrance video. Like, it's kind of slow and a little sad music. It's, and then we're like. It's what?
4: videos of them studying. And then,
12: <laughs> and then all of a sudden they play. I kid you not. It starts in the teenage wasteland from the from the who.
2: Yeah, Baba
12: O'Reilly. Which, if you are you familiar with that song? Can you yeah. do you know that Chandler? Yeah. For an audience that doesn't, can you kind of do a few bars? You're good at music.
2: Um, You're talking about the beginning, yeah. Like the Teen- front teenage of wasteland. Oh, that part.
12: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Da, da. It's like slow and like that was the sad. intro music. Hey, that's no, a good. No, that's a good. Song. No, they run teenage out to that Teenage wasteland. Was, that was is weird, though. It was awful. I'm like, what are you talking Ugh. about? This is your intro song? Teenage Wasteland? They're all wasted! <laughs> yes! <laughs> that is what they came out to! And then, boom, they, they run out on the field. It was the weirdest Maybe
4: they're trying
2: to it be cool. It is They're always though. called nerds. Like this, Maybe they want to
4: be
12: party
2: kids. Like like we're
4: talking about Northwestern, though. Like this I don't is know. A, I'm sure
12: most of the students were in the library. There were definitely plenty of nerds up there. Oh, no doubt I bet. About it. it is. Uh, very exclusive you know very hard school to get into very expensive school i think it's like tuition's like around 70 grand or something a year yeah. from what i heard i mean mm-hmm. it they also
2: have one of the best coaches and the longest tenured coaches in all of college football kind of looks like mike houston a little bit they both have the, uh, the like the military the, sil- cut, the citadel cut the barrel chest yes they, uh, but he's been there forever with opportunities to move on, and, and, oh, he and he's done a good
12: job. They've got he's a good a great little program. Job. I'm not talking about the team. I think the team's fine. I'm just talking about like the atmosphere,
2: the game day stuff. I wonder how much it's, they're paying him to keep him there, though, because again, he's had opportunities. They have an
12: unbelievable one of the biggest endowments I think in the nation for uh, Northwestern. They flashed it up there, and it was like in, I swear I thought it was like in the billions. Like if the endowment, it was uh, like I it took my breath away. I was like, "Is that right?
2: Is that a B or an M?" Of all the like college football experiences, like across the great nation with the SEC and and the Big Ten, you go to the big house or the horseshoe, but like Northwestern, that's got to be a unique experience. Now I will it's say Big Ten, yes, but it's like little time. You know what I'm saying? But it was like, perfect. The tickets weren't very expensive. Big Ten, small time. They they
12: did have free uh breakfast biscuits like bacon egg cheese biscuits for the students and we sat oh. like two rows over so tyler goes down to go to the bathroom like after you know sometime in the first quarter he comes back and he's got and he, i didn't give him any money yet he was just going to go to the restroom he comes back he's got three like bacon egg and cheese biscuits three orange juices i'm like what who did you finagle like what It's like no nah, dad they said uh this was for the students they they provided that like students basically breakfast if you come to the game for They free. thought your child was a student. He said he said I am a student. He didn't ask they didn't ask what school. They didn't say, well, yeah. He is a student, <laughs> Chandler. <laughs> that's right. He is C-M-S. A, C-M-S. He is a student at Epps <laughs> Middle School. And I said that's awesome. So wh- I said you think you could go get because we ate, he brought some back for us. I "Oh like,
2: man, you know Troy D <laughs> was going <laughs> to take advantage of that opportunity." So I didn't
12: even have to go down him his brother and the cousin and
4: my nephew, their cousin. Went down, re- reloaded again. Well, see what he did was he was like, well, so, I'm a, he said I'm a bulldog, and they were like, oh, <laughs> Georgia, sweet, welcome to
12: Northwestern. He was like, All right, so we whatever. double, we, so we got food, breakfast, and I mean, you know, you know how much orange juices are just even at a convenience store. Imagine at a football game, they're are, outrageous. They're probably like ten bucks a piece. I estimated we ate and drank about a hundred dollars worth of concessions for free. We went to the whatever little tailgate they did have. Went to the Northwestern alumni tent. We got free T-shirts. I got a Northwestern T-shirt. Everybody got a T-shirt. And then I, had, uh, I got free purple gloves that were brand new, also for homecoming, which if I turn inside out, they're just purple. You don't see the N on them, you know, so I can wear them to ECU games. So I walked out with a t shirt, <laughs> with, with uh, the with price gloves, is right. Food, <laughs> Your party drink. Was it the state fair up there? or was it a I, football I game. I left with more than I came with. It was incredible. Didn't spend a dime while I was up there. So that part was fun. And, uh, we, and we went all the way around the stadium. We looked at everything you could look at and do everything. You, we met the mascots. We did, the, you know. It's a great
2: way to uh, honor Shirley on her birthday week last week, Troy. Getting all that stuff for <laughs> yeah. herself—that was awesome. I should have picked her up a biscuit,
12: nah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and bring it back, and it'd that be moldy. Awesome. Shirley,
2: it's the thought that counts. Here you go. Enjoy your uh, Northwestern biscuit. Those things hold, don't they? Coming up tonight, uh, Troy. Coastal Carolina, great game at App State. Uh, yeah. And John says, did you see the coastal bus got stuck? Have you seen that, Troy? No. So I, is that like the Blue Ridge Parkway? Oh, no. And the coastal equipment bus. This
12: looks like it. what happened at ECU many years ago with Scotty Montgomery.
2: <laughs> they're stu- On a two-lane road. And, and now everybody's stuck because the bus is, like, perpendicular <laughs> across the entire what Blue Ridge. What is he Ridge. doing? Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to <laughs> the bust guy- a a U-E or a tire. Coastal or- already taking L's and Boone. they yeah. can't get the truck there. First of all, I would not want to drive an eighteen wheeler on a mountain, uh -uh. and then to be turn like I would not try and do a a, a three point turn on an eighteen wheeler (laughs) end on a mountain road
12: down the mountain in reverse. That's a death wish right there. Yeah, that that guy's in trouble. I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do. Like seriously, he's got he's almost got it jackknifed. Yeah, that's uh, uh, is that an omen for tonight? Take App State, well, folks. I, so. Well, I, 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 All the App State friends I have are jacked up about this game. I it's a big still, game. They're, they're fired up. I think they'll be juiced up, ready to go
2: tonight. The uh, ESPN2 game, by the way. Especially coming off a loss last week. All right, let's take our final yeah. break. We'll come back. You're ready to wrap it up here on a Wednesday. But my big takeaway was, if this
12: is what the Big Ten is, then East Carolina should be in the Big Ten because our facilities are better, our atmosphere is better,
2: and quite honestly, it's a lot more fun. And we should start giving out free breakfast sandwiches at Daddy Ficklin City. I'd take them if they offer them. And mistaken 13-year-olds for <laughs> freshman college students. Well, you know, at those schools, they always he's have like, those child prodigies. They probably is, have a lot of young He's kids
12: very now. resourceful, and he has that longer hair now, which makes him look older.
2: Yeah, that, that is so, true. Here's your sandwich, freshman. He's, yeah, he's very slick, like his daddy. We're back with you on Pi Radio Live after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. Did you miss the show on Pirate Radio? Listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the app. On your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio
2: Audio Archives. Now, let's head back into PRL.
4: Here's your host, Clip
2: Rock. All right, about to wrap it up on a Wednesday. Clip Rock, Troy D. Troy, we'll see you again on Friday. Yeah, I got to make sure I keep my calendar straight because I'm screwed up on Wednesday, Wednesday. Thursday, yeah. Friday. Right.
12: uh Look forward to it. That'll be a lot of fun. Coach Rick Smith will be here too. Mm-hmm. um Had a great flight up to Chicago, by the way. It was beautiful weather up there was on one of those fancy American planes that has the entertainment system on each seat. And I was able to catch up on some movies. I haven't watched movies in a while. I was able to... They had uh, part of their classics. Caddyshack was oh, provided wow. by the good folks at American Airlines. Watch, Man, I got to tell you, I've probably seen it 50 times. Still outstanding. So I watched Caddyshack going up. Great sports movie. If you've never watched it, highly recommend it, even if you don't like golf. And then coming back, It was a sci-fi thriller, a throwback to the 80s. Can you name it? Sci-fi thriller 80s? Richard Dreyfuss, my uncle, was in it. Oh, Jaws? No, it was a uh, sci-fi. I don't know. Just tell me. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Never seen it. Oh, you got to do yourself a favor, folks. If you've never seen another movie that stands the test of time, It's about, you've never seen it? Do you know what it's about? Aliens? Yes. I've heard of it. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Find it, rent it, go to your local blockbuster,
2: (laughs) do whatever you got to do. You really do live
12: in the know, 80s, 90s, 90s. Download it, kids. But uh, awesome movie. Check it out. Close Encounters
2: the third time. There's Troy D's tip for today. All right. Troy D's movie recommendation. <laughs> a 35-year-old movie on today's it's Pirate Radio It's still relevant. I'm telling you. All right. Uh, good stuff. We'll talk to you uh, Friday. Look forward to it. We'll talk to all the rest of you on Thursday, 3 o'clock, for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Kevin Monroe. Touchdown Tony Collins and a lot more coming up on Thursday. We'll see you then. So long, everybody.